Today's episode is brought to you by Kind Bar. Kind is deeply committed to crafting food with real, recognizable ingredients, a disruptive notion that sparked the creation of a new healthy snacking category. Kind is unapologetic in their efforts to challenge the status quo to shift the food industry and empower their community and our listeners to make better informed choices about health. Kindness can be a transformative force for good, and that is why we are teaming up with Kind and Podgo to bring our listeners 10% or 15% off for military, teachers, students, first responders, doctors, and nurses. Go to podgo.co slash kind. That's podgo.co slash kind. Kind Bar, creating a kinder and healthier world, one act, one snack at a time. Captain's Log the podcast devoted to discussions and insights into the supernatural, occult, and all-around strange happenings of our world. I think our goal there's someone in the house with us to entertain and disturb, perhaps like no one has before. <laughs> Star date 02-22-2021. Welcome back. A lot of twos and ones. Mm-hmm. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Captain's Log. This is your captain speaking, Jose Valle Jr., reaching out across the airwaves from the state of Utah and joining me virtually from America's heartland, the beautiful state of Iowa, is my co-host and first officer, Mason Schrader. Mason, how are you? How was your Valentine's Day? Well, I'm good. I first want to address that if I'm in America's heartland, what are you in? You're just in, like, the esophagus, um, right? Because well, if so the heart's kind of, a yeah. little left, mm-hmm. you're kind yeah. of, like, in the... You're just in the general titty region. I don't know if there well, are any organs Well, because it's, the, like... Because Utah's, like... It's, like, a diagonal line from you guys. So, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm, like, right of the nipple. Utah's the nipple mm-hmm. of America. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Uh, the, uh, a term that they would hate. Yeah, they would, because they're, like... How dare you talk about people's bodies right now? Are you serious? But my Valentine's Day was good. I spent nipples are gross. <laughs> it was God good. made I... nipples to not be looked at. <laughs> um, it was good. <laughs> it was good. I spent it with my with my lovely girlfriend. Um, I uh, what did I do Valentine's Day? Maybe I shouldn't expose myself. I just listened to. <laughs> I told you you've got to stop exposing yourself to people several times. No, not that kind. Um, and by the way, I am not the pace and flasher. That is a completely different person. That is not me. <laughs> uh, I think I just listened to the, I watched Legend of Korra. I finished Legend of Korra. And then I listened uh, to the soundtrack all day and was like, man, this is fucking beautiful. It's a uh, good, I didn't good like, score. Uh, I didn't like the Legend of Korra You know what? That that's, that's all, you know, that's all right. I, I, they just made some, I just felt like they made some weird choices. Yeah, yeah. I loved uh, the season where uh, Henry Rollins... Voice the the bad guy is it here? Oh yeah, that yeah. was really good. And I like I, I always wanted more. I when I was listening when I was watching that I was telling friend of the log Max Benyon because he's the one that got me on uh, Avatar and Legend of Korra. I was telling him that <laughs> I found myself like siding with Sahir. I was like, oh, mm-hmm. fuck, he's kind of right. Like there was this yeah, no, whole totally bit right. where he's like, I want to topple government and give the freedom back to people. Like there's no reason royals should exist and all this. I was like. 
Oh, fuck. I was like, I yeah, know he's, he's the not, bad guy. He's not but, wrong. Well, and, and that's what I liked um, about Korra. This is not about that. <laughs> I'm doing a whole just How metal is it, though, that the, like everyone, you know, every bending has the, there's like steel bending for earth or like yeah. lightning and lava for fire. Mm-hmm. Um, and then air is just like, I can just take the oxygen out of, out of your lo- fucking. You just can't yeah. breathe. That's so you fucking just fucking metal. I love killed that. the Earth Queen. Like, I thought, I was like, oh, maybe he'll just like. I'll be like, ah, I, mm-hmm. I, you're you're weak now. But he was just straight up like, I'm fucking killing you. He's like, yeah. full revolution. We're cutting your fucking heads off. Might as well. Yeah. Well, anyway, so yeah, that, <laughs> that's what I did. Welcome to the uh, Legend of Korra section of the podcast. Okay, we should okay. probably yes, actually sorry. do our podcast. So yeah. today, Mason, mm-hmm. we are continuing our sinister stories of the southeast portion of our unsolved U.S. series. Today, we take a look at the two states of Kentucky and Tennessee. Are you from Tennessee, Mason? Um, because Yes. Because you're the only 10 I see. You might not have heard that joke. I, I actually came um, up with that one. Did it you? took me all week to write it. I because you see, the joke that is before. there that 10, the, the ten uh-huh. like you're a 10, yeah. uh-huh. and you're the only 10 that I see, and yeah. it sounds like the state of Tennessee. Yeah, so everybody from Tennessee is a 10? Not everyone. There's a, there's a lot well, of... Then why argos. did you preface it with, are you from Tennessee? So if you're joining... <laughs> is that the implications of that joke, that everyone from Tennessee is a 10? I just don't... I mean, what you me being I the guess only that, 10 you see just has nothing to do with whether I'm from Tennessee or I not. I guess you're right. So if you're joining us here in, in part three, then I don't think you really need an explanation as to what is going to happen. So let's just get on with it. Yeah? Sure. All right, Mason, start the captain's log hog, and let's hit the pavement. That's what I call our motorcycle. I'm, I'm snuggling up. I'm putting on my, my um, helmet, riding off. Having visited the home of the mysterious Mothman and picked up some I'm with Mothman shirts, we're back on the road continuing our little trip into the elusive. Our first stop is near Kelly and Hopkinsville, the home of an incident and legend that is well known to the students of the strange and weird, a story I have been looking forward to telling um, for a very long time, and an event that could quite possibly be the inspiration for the term Little Green Men. I thought that was the Little, the little Army Guys. Yeah, this is, you know, a, little this is about army Little guys? Army Guys coming to life. Oh, cool, like <laughs> Toy Story. Cool! Cool. <laughs> no, so the night was August 21st, 1955. The subjects were a large extended family called the Suttons. At around 11 p.m., they arrived at the Hopkinsville Police Station in southwestern Kentucky, breathlessly proclaiming that they had been under attack for the last four hours by a group of strange, small, humanoid creatures. Their story of how they defended their home at gunpoint from these otherworldly beings would become one of the most famous and baffling close encounters on record, standing out for the large number of witnesses with nearly a dozen people corroborating the claims made by those who arrived at the police station that night. The siege took place on the... Okay, so let me just get this straight. Yeah. What year is it? 1955. In 1955, you're a... You and I, you and I are... We are small... We are police officers in the town of Hopkins, West Virginia? No, just Virginia. Kentucky. Hopkinsville, Virginia. <laughs> Normal Virginia. Away. No, Kentucky. <laughs> I was fucking close. Okay, listen, I'm kind of listening. You keep saying Virginia. It's Kentucky. 
Fucking <laughs> <laughs> hell. It's not West Virginia. It's Virginia. No, it's Kentucky. <laughs> right. <laughs> Man, you have had too much. You should not be on the clock tonight. I, uh... <laughs> right. Got into the evidence. How do you know how big Hopkinsville is? Did you do any? Did you, did you uh, no, that I don't think it, it was very big at the time. I don't even right, think it's, okay. it's very big it's right 50s, now. Because it's the fifties, right? So right. You, we're just—it's—it's it's midnight. It's eleven mm-hmm. p.m. <laughs> it has a population uh, right now of thirty-one thousand. So it's—it's it's, um, it's medium, medium to low. I mean, uh, Payson, Utah, has a population of twenty thousand. So it's eleven thousand more than us. I think Oskaloosa has a population of eleven or twelve thousand. Yeah, eleven thousand. So, so it's it's so a it goes size. it goes Oskaloosa, you like, <laughs> Payson, and then Hopkinsville in terms of increasing sizes. Gotcha. Okay, yeah. so it's a right still though not a big town. It's the not 50s. a big town, and it's the fifties rural there. farmland. Yeah, and uh, it's eleven p.m. We're eating donuts. I'm guessing I'm gonna put a I'm putting a donut on my gun and I'm eating it off. Yeah. of the barrel. Um, a family. Mm-hmm. Bu- like bust through through the door, right? Like out of breath, and are saying, "There's <laughs> holy shit." Well, they, there's yeah, no. Some, go ahead. There's some fucking little green man attacking the fuck out of our house. We were in there and we're shooting and hollering, and they're like, "Bleep bleep bleep And we're like, "Get mm. the fuck out of here!" And they're like, "Zoom zoom zoom." So we had to come uh-huh. over here, and. Yep. Uh, we're fucking scared shitless. Yeah, okay. Well, I'm going to be honest. You're under arrest well, for I didn't... T- talking crazy. I think you might be a communist. Well, hides like a fucking Marxist pamphlet. I, I don't know <laughs> anything about <laughs> Wait that a minute, communist. I've never met that fella. Uh, well, first I'm off, just here. <laughs> if we were working for a bourgeoisie. <laughs> um. Anyway. Okay. Yeah. Sure. So a family. Whole, right. family. Whole family. How many fucking... of them? Uh, about a dozen. I think we'll get into the oh, specifics shit. of so how Oh, shit. So this is a whole Kentucky family. It's, and it's an this extended like family. A, this it's isn't not like, like a mom, dad, and two children. This is... No, this is like mom, kids, cousin, like cousins, aunts, friends. Uncle, yeah, like, yeah. Grandma. So, yeah. Granny. Granny. Grandma. Small name? humanoid alien creature that lives with a family now. Granny Sutton. just trying to get back home. And his, <laughs> his, his compatriots came and they got, they had the wrong idea. <laughs> There's Timmy, Billy, me, my wife Martha, Granny, Uncle Jim, Little Green Man, and wait a minute. <laughs> they snuck in. <laughs> You're not one of us. And he's just in overalls. He's like, I don't, what are you guys talking about? <laughs> I was at best man at your wedding. <laughs> oh, that's right. Little little Green Man is with us. Sorry. He's no, not one of he's them. Not he's one just, of, he's a just different. a little green man that we know. So. The siege took place on a small rural farm <laughs> owned by the Suttons near the time, tiny hamlet of Kelly, uh, where the family lived in a three-bedroom unpainted house with no running water, no telephone, no radio, no TV, and no books. That's $4,000 on Airbnb <clears throat> now. Yeah. <laughs> that exact same house has cost yes. $4,000. Yeah. It's like it's a retreat. Mm. It's rustic. <laughs> it's rustic. It's fucking... It's garbage, and you don't want to fix your fucking house. As debatable as all the details of this case are, one detail is irrefutable. When the eight adults and three children arrived at the police station, they were absolutely terrified. The police Now, chief... I would say they were more 
horrified. I I would say they were more hopped up on a mixture of cocaine and methamphetamines and paint. (laughs) Well, they didn't... Well, the house wasn't painted. They drank all the paint. They were going to paint why their house it, with. <laughs> and, and I hate that I'm painting them as, in this light because this. You, well, as we go okay. on, but listen, hey, it's all fun. It's all for fun. Eight adults and three kids that lived in the same three bedroom unpainted <laughs> house with no running water, telephone, radio, TV, or books. I mean, I have I just some books, that you put, right? There's that's right. No that was the part books. that surprised me. I was like, get some fucking books. You don't have to have I TV don't... or a telephone or. The fact that whoever you got your source from for this made a point to mention that there was no books yeah. means that he was like, so, you know, they couldn't fucking read. <laughs> there was no fucking way these people could read, right? So, <laughs> the police chief, Russell Greenwell, would go on to describe the family as the kind of people who don't normally run to the police for help. What they do is reach for their guns. Yet here they were. <laughs> Women and children, hysterical, and one man with a pulse of 140 beats per minute, as measured by an investigator when they arrived. Okay, That's an interesting was, detail to me, because who the fuck is in the police station measuring The first thing was like, well, the first thing we have to do, obviously, How do is, I know you're not lying? Jimmy, get in here, feel this man's pulse. I, I, what? It's, I don't, fa- it's fast. <laughs> it's it's oh, real fast. Holy shit. It's like, hold on. One, two, three, four. Shit. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18. Oh, my God. I can't, I I can't keep up. <laughs> it's, just, it's fast. It's fa- Put down 100 and... 100. What's the biggest number you know? Just write the biggest number you know. 140. I <laughs> like with everyone in this town. It's some backwoods hillbilly. So, it's a town bigger than the town I live in. Than the town that we both live in. But bigger than both of our towns. They didn't have any fucking books. They yeah, can't fuck read. those. <laughs> These fucking people One thing Payson has read. is books. So <laughs> we have a public library. According to the accounts given to the police, the event occurred as follows. At about 7 p.m. on the hot Sunday evening, Sutton family friend Billy Ray Taylor was fetching water from the backyard, from the backyard well, when he saw what he described as a silvery object real bright with an exhaust all the colors of the rainbow. It went silently over the house, passed it, stopped in the air over a field beyond the house, and then dropped straight down. Honestly, I just thought it was some gay people doing gay people things. (laughs) I don't know. Uh, I don't know what they do. Listen, I don't even judge them. I'm just saying, I don't know what they do. I assume they fly around in a silvery thing with a rainbow exhaust. (laughs) What do I know? I can't read. (laughs) Taylor, who was 21 at the time, and his 18-year-old wife, who were staying with the Suttons after coming from Pennsylvania to visit Lucky Sutton, with whom they had okay. previously worked with yeah, at yeah, a yeah. traveling Yeah, so you're doing carnival. this on purpose now, where they were like, there's no books, one of them's <laughs> name was Lucky, yeah, I got it. He worked well, at a, his name's Lucky worked at a carnival. Oh, yeah. That's how they His name's Lucky, because one time, when the Ferris wheels broke, uh, he uh, it crushed him. But he only lost a hand. I mean, it sucks because that was his that was his noodling hand, so he couldn't noodle anymore. But he's lucky nonetheless. <laughs> the family's fifty-year-old matriarch, widow Glennie Lankford, her two older sons and their wives, a brother-in-law, and the widow's three younger children, ages twelve, ten, and seven, didn't take Billy 
Ray's account seriously, laughing at his reported UFO encounter. You've been huffing that pain already. We weren't supposed to do that until later. Well, Grandma, yes, I have been, but that uh, wasn't uh, for not mean I didn't see see it. It's those fucking Twitter posts where you start reading them and they look like they're normal, but it's like, have you guys ever sat in the in the therefore because you didn't and then she texted him? <laughs> You're like, what the fuck? What? That weren't of no concern of mine when I seen it. I'm just imagining that's like in like a that's yeah. what him talking yeah. to the police. <laughs> they're like, all right, fair enough. <laughs> They just think he's talking completely Mark normal. Fort this this C. guy's a city. This Mr. Big Shot over here using big words, Mr. City Slicker. Come from Pennsylvania. Listen, all I know is he sounded smart when he said it. <laughs> An hour later, after being alerted by the dog's continued barking, Lucky and Billy went to the back door and made out a strange glow. In the middle of the glow, they saw a strange humanoid creature. They described it as about three and a half feet tall. It had an oversized head almost perfectly round, its arms extended to the ground. Its hands had talons, and its oversized eyes glowed with a yellowish light. The body gave off an eerie shimmer in the light of the night's moon. They said as if made by silver metal. Afraid and confused, the two men grabbed a 20-gauge shotgun and a 22 rifle and fired at the strange little being, who was now... Lucky, do you... Do you know what this means? We gotta stop huffing that paint. No, Lucky, this is... This is the first... Documented... Encounter... With a being that is not of this world. Do you know what we have to do? We have to kill this motherfucker. Kill it! <laughs> Fucking kill it! <laughs> this, 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 this part is interesting to me. The being was now walking towards them with its hands raised as one would would when being held at gunpoint. The men said it did a flip, scrambled <laughs> upright, and ran into the darkness. So this little fucker was, they had their guts pointed at it. And it's so interesting because I've never heard of this in an encounter before where, like, someone has shot at aliens. That they've been like, hey, y'all don't have to. Oh, it also has an accent. <laughs> Lots of planets oh. have a south. Oh, you do not have to fear me. I'm not trying to hurt you. It's just slowly That's just Kermit the Frog. That is just Kermit the Frog. Just slowly walking at it, them with its fucking hands up like, hey, don't shoot. And then it just, that was it doing a flip and skip. It just fucking does a flip and runs. Okay, so sometime not too long after the men saw a similar creature staring back at them through a window screen. They proceeded, to sh- they proceeded to shoot at it. Still seemingly bulletproof, this little man flipped and disappeared into the darkness, just like the previous one. Things would escalate even further when Taylor stepped outside underneath an overhanging roof, and everybody who stood behind him witnessed a small, claw-like hand reach down and touch his hair. Everyone screamed and Taylor pulled back while Lucky shot at it and another creature in a nearby tree. Who that proceeded like a good to, way to down shoot fucking uh, Taylor in the, the head, right? Yeah, right. He's just like, Taylor, I'm sorry. Duck! <laughs> duck when I shoot! When are you gonna shoot? Right now, duck! <laughs> but don't duck too quick. I, I still wanna grab its hand. If you duck too quick, it'll pull its hand. 
Jesus Christ. The Suttons would then move inside and spend several hours just listening for movement, but only hearing the occasional scratch on the roof. At 11 p.m., everyone made a run for the cars and drove at high speeds to the police station. After hearing the Sutton story, the police chief called in for backup and his team was joined by state police, military police from nearby Stop. Fort Campbell, and a photographer from the Kentucky New Era. Yeah, this is uh, Sheriff Greenwald. Um, we're going to need an all units. Okay, we're going to have an APB on, uh, what'd you say it was again? Little green, like a little, it's actually, it's like a, a silvery little green guy. Long um, arms. Big, big dick. Biggest dick I've ever seen on anybody. Not right. just for its size, but like if you took its dick, compared it to a human, like a grown human man, it would still be a big dick on that grown human man. Like take the biggest basketball player you know. You put that dick on him, it's, it's so big. Go ahead and uh, cancel that APB. I think we'll, uh, I think we're just going to actually get it figured out here. Uh, thanks. For your help, <laughs> Their investigators found shell casings from the gunshots, but no other evidence. They also found no proof of heavy drinking, according to Glennie Lankford, the family matriarch. Liquor was not allowed in the farmhouse. Once now, the police... <laughs> were you drunk at the time? So, hmm, what is drunk, re really? It's sort of like a conceptual thing, or... Every person's opinion of it. Okay, I'm gonna talk. I'm gonna talk to the old lady now because I just see how this is going. Were you or any other anybody else drunk at the time? No. Well, okay, that sounds good enough. Fair enough, man. Thank you. Well, I think it's legit. She said, and I quote, "No liquor allowed in the farmhouse." So once now, what if they drank it outside of the farmhouse? Oh, yeah, that's fine. I'll let him do that. Nah, you know what? Let's just wrap this up. <laughs> Once the police and others left, it would seem that the creatures returned between 2.30 a.m. and dawn. Mrs. Langford said she saw one repeatedly glowing by her bedside window, its small, claw-like hand on the screen. What do you think, Mason? Spooky or kooky? And then they disappeared, and then they, they weren't seen again. Sorry. Kind of ended abruptly. <laughs> um, I think, I mean... Uh... It would be very scary to see aliens in such a secluded mm -hmm. place with no electricity. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I, me, per, I, I, I know that we joked all around, around a lot with this one, and I, I, I can see why people think it's kooky. Me, uh, I do think it's spooky, just because the idea Sorry. of they weren't really hostile towards them at all. They seemed more like just curious, like they really wanted to interact with the people. Like none of their actions were hostile, and I think that's even that's a little more spooky than someone just outright like attacking you because you're like what are you trying to do like why mm. do you not you keep consistently coming at us in a neutral way like but, fucking but buttholes what about what let about our let me put my finger mm. in your butthole alright come around the back and I'll take you to my room <laughs> science I don't care what it's for just come around <laughs> I already window. said yes but I I, I think I think it's spooky. Do you, yeah, do you it's think a little it's, spooky. Okay. I, yeah, I, I do. I like to imagine like <laughs> Granny's bed was, or not Granny, Miss Langford. Yeah, Granny's bed mm -hmm. was like up against a window, and it was like open, and it was literally just on the screen. One was just like, it just like glows up, and then like as it goes dark, and she was just like, 
and just like rolling over and <laughs> just keeps glowing. It's just, it's just like. like Mm. Mm. You, I, I'm, mm. I'm trying to, I'm trying to sleep. Zuba, zuba, zuba. Mm. Ah, okay, yeah. No, you've mm. been saying that. I'm saying I'm trying zuba, to sleep. Zuba, zuba. Okay. Mm. Could I just? Could you just mm. stop? Cause I'm, cause it's bright. You're bright. It's very bright. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Mm. We can't mm. afford. Mm. <laughs> we can't afford drapes. So. <laughs> so an interesting factoid before i get into some of the stuff that happened um do you know the pokemon sableye do you know who that is he's like yeah, the diamond pokemon so. like diamond uh-huh. eyes he's made of like purple he was yeah. inspired by um uh, oh the, that this, actually makes a lot incident. of sense yeah. they look pretty similar like, yeah tiny little eyes or tiny little claws <clears throat> yeah. and big eyes and then it's like this inspired like a lot of like japanese anime there's like similar creatures that are based off of the Kelly Hopkinsville. But anyway, so in the days that followed, radio stations and newspapers reported the event and hundreds flocked to the farm to ridicule the Suttons as ignorant and frauds. When there are no... Tra- <laughs> I'm a city for... I- You're no, an ignorant I'm and I'm from the city. No, goddamn, that's still... I mean, there's southern cities, I suppose. I'm from no, the city anybody and- with that accent is a dumb hillbilly. <laughs> I'm from the city, and I think you guys are a bunch of hillbilly backwater dummies. You thought you fucking soft <laughs> aliens, you dummies. Just... You didn't see no fucking aliens. Fuck you, you guys are a bunch of brainless idiots just fucking throwing rocks at them. You're no, no good for nothing hillbillies just fucking joking. I'm just <laughs> imagining at the diner down town, just like... Oh, so what y'all in town for? Oh, we're just here to make fun of those dumb hillbillies what saw the, <laughs> the aliens. All right, y'all have fun. Okay. Would you like more coffee? We no. all, we we also sell uh, tomatoes in the back if you all want to take some to throw at them. Well, I, yeah, actually, that would be very nice. <laughs> we drove all, you know, we drove six hours to be here just to make fun of this family. Wow. And what do y'all do for a living? Uh, we're I'm between jobs. Oh, you're living with your parents? Uh, if uh, by parents you mean in my car, yes. I. You want to go on a date sometime? Oh no, honey, no. <laughs> when their no trespassing signs proved useless, the family began to charge admission: fifty cents for entering the grounds, a dollar for information. And ten dollars for taking pictures. A dollar for information. Excuse me, is there a bathroom? <clears throat> Read the sign. Okay, right. Sorry. Okay, is there a bathroom around? For uh, now that you've given me this dollar, no, there is not. We just shit out over there by that field. That is a bathroom, though, right? Well, it's not enclosed. We just shit, and then we sort of mush the shit into the ground for okay. manure. I'm just gonna hold it. All right. <laughs> so, is there a bathroom around? Yes. Where is it? <clears throat> Come oh, on, fuck. <laughs> After this, however, skeptics blasted them as fortune-seeking backwoods hillbilly liars. So they can't catch a fucking <laughs> break, Christ. this family, right? They, I do get it, because that's what I immediately what I was yeah. doing. Yeah, so they... they People start showing up to their fucking house. They put up no trespassing signs. People still ignore that, are coming into their property. 
right? So they're, so like, they're like, fuck like, it, let's what? make let's the best out of it. this. Yeah. And then they do that, and they were already being called liars before and frauds. And then they do that, and now people are like, fuck you, you're a bunch of liars and frauds. <laughs> fuck you. Well, we can afford to paint our house now, so that's nice. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, that that is it. Still no books, though. Fuck, fuck them books. Books are only good for fire. Oh, oh boy. <laughs> not in a hate no, way, not but in just because. Relax, all right? Just like, you know, kindling any, sort of. Any, any book, book. I'll burn my not... comp. I, I don't care. I'm not saying just. I would burn. Ooh, okay, here we are. All right, so. <laughs> Listen, I get, I've walked myself into I, I'm trying to walk this a one back. tough situation. I'm just saying we burn books, but not because of the content of said books, because of how, e- how good books burn. I'm just saying, if you've ever roasted a hot dog on a Vonnegut book, you'd understand. If you'd ever have a fire, get up to 450 degrees. From Fahrenheit 451. <laughs> the day after the incident, uh, police did return to search for more evidence, but once again found nothing. Bud Ledwith, a local radio station employee, interviewed the adults and made sketches of the creatures they described. They would later go on to say that he was impressed by the remarkable uh, specificity and the consistency displayed by the adults despite the fact that the men were away from the rest of the family all day and unable to coordinate with the others, yet told the exact same These, details. The ladies, they told the story. They didn't even have the men to tell the story. They just told it. They were capable of telling the same story that a man was able to tell. I was, I was plum impressed by that. That's how I knew those folks were telling the truth. Cause when a cause when a lady tells a story, you know, normally they're like, oh, shoes. But these ladies, they told, they just talked about the aliens. So, so, I think they're telling the truth. Anyway, you want to go back to and my parents' basement me. then, or what you want to do? You can trust me, Bud. You know, the guy who works at the local radio station, not as a janitor. I'm just saying, I believe the story. That's all. <laughs> And you can trust me, because again, I my name is Bud, and I work at a local radio station. If we can't trust our local <laughs> radio station employees to Who be a hundred percent, they're the they are the they're the investigative journalists that we need. Yeah, always. Yep. The, you know, the local people at like 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 Gunt. Yeah. You know the the Gunt. That's always the local radio where it's like four letters, yeah, yeah. and it makes a word, but it's not like a good it's word. It's not a good word. Yeah, so. Yeah. <clears throat> Dirty Mike and radio... Stinky Andy. Yeah, those guys are yeah, the best. Welcome back, radio... everybody, to another episode of Dirty Mike and Stinky Andy. <laughs> Me so horny. <laughs> you know how they always use those fucking noises? Yeah. Welcome back. Just so you know, if there are any girls in the local high school area, you can come visit the studio for free. <laughs> <laughs> Me so horny. <laughs> the incident would draw the attention of the Air Force UFO investigative program, Project Blue Book, who ruled it as a hoax, but their documents suggest that they never truly pursued the matter and just took the word of their Fort Campbell counterparts who were only briefly there the first night. Ah, so it was bullshit. Yeah. 
one not of, the not the aliens the their their investigation the, yeah, their investigation it. of it prefer i prefer project green book which is where they send Vigo mortensen and uh, marshall ali to <laughs> be yeah. like yeah there's aliens or not yeah one of the and most then they win an oscar for it yeah one of the most detailed investigations of the incident was done by UFOlogist Isabel Davis in 1956 and published several decades later by the Center for UFO Studies, a group founded by astronomer Dr. J. Allen Hynek, Project Blue Book's civilian investigator. Her <laughs> that's nearly, not a thing. That's, he's just, that's just the a thing. dude. He's just, yeah, he's just a guy. He was just like, can yeah. I be an investigator? Sure. N- no. It's like, you know Hot Fuzz? Yeah. The movie Hot Fuzz, right? How they have that guy from the NWA who works at the police station. Well, he doesn't yes. work there. He just has a space there. That's well, what this yes. guy reminds me of. Where it's like, we just let him, he just showed, we yeah. gave him a sticker, and now he, yeah. he put a sticker on his wallet and goes around showing it to people. Yeah. But it doesn't <laughs> mean anything. It's just stickers. a sticker, yeah. yes. A ju- he's a junior in civilian yeah. investigator. But her, uh, Davis's nearly 200-page report, co-written with Ted Blocher or Blosher, I don't know, I'm not sure how you say his last name, includes detailed maps, drawings, documentary records, and summaries of similar accounts around the world, as well as interviews with several Sutton family members and police investigators. Davis addressed the concern for lack of physical evidence, but to her reckoning, none of the possible explanations, a deliberate hoax, a publicity play, group hallucination, or group hallucinations made sense. While questions arose about whether the young men were exaggerating, possibly fueled by hidden stores of liquor, Davis's strong impression after meeting Mrs. Langford was one of a somber, no-nonsense matriarch who abhorred the limelight and had no reason to lie. None of the witnesses, Davis noted, had any history of making preposterous allegations. Many skeptics, including famed skeptic Joe Nickel, who has bashed this family horrifically, I uh, have suggested that perhaps the family merely saw the great horned owls and then confused them f- for alien beings, which I <laughs> looked up horned owls because that's the one that people are always like almost everything that like skeptics will be like, you saw the Mothman, great horned owl. You saw Bigfoot, green horned And I looked them up and I mean, they're like spooky if you saw them in shadow at night, but I don't think it's enough to be like they're these little green, this, these little silver men. Uh, actually, you probably just saw a, uh- Owl, so <laughs> I would encourage those of you who who would like to know more about this case to listen to the Astonishing Legends uh, series that they did on the Kelly Hopkinsville Goblins. They did a really good job of of researching it and presenting all the facts in this case, and they go on to make the point that I mean, like we joked about it a lot, but these people really did seem one genuinely terrified, but honestly, really good people who would have no reason to make up any of this. They were hesitant to tell their story. They were hesitant to get help. Um, they do a deep dive into what happened over the, you know, in the following weeks and years where they were vilified. And, and then, and it's just a horrible case of the, of the media painting them as like these backwoods redneck hillbillies who like didn't know anything about nothing. And even, you know, guys like Joe Nickel and, and other people who, who have gone on to, to use it. I think it's taught in, in psychology courses at colleges of like, as an example of mass hysteria and, and just there was, I think, I don't know if it was Joe Nickel or someone else that like wrote this book where he was just like, these people were clearly like drunk and, or, or like they couldn't, they didn't know what they were looking at. So they created this and like, it's an interesting case or whatever. It's just one of those things where people take an, you know, they just think they're, they're better than a group of people. So they go, 
Well, these guys don't know what they're talking about. It's a classic case of, like, this type of people doing this kind of thing. You know what I mean? And it's like, whatever, you don't believe the story, that's fine. I don't think there's a reason to be like, these people are fucking idiots. If you're listening to this and you're one of those people, go fuck yourself. Yeah, you can fuck off. Still download the show, but fuck off. a little bit of magic in your life. Yes. I hope anyway, I think I, these guys are fucking idiots. Did I say that? Yeah. I think we did spend... It is funny that we like spent like 15 minutes making fun of the, this family, and then now we're like, well, okay, but people shouldn't make fun of them on the internet, though. It's... It's... It's satire, Mason. Listen, I only make fun of things... <laughs> that I, I make fun of things before I know the full right, context exactly. behind it. If we had started at this point in the story, I wouldn't have made fun of these. But also, the jokes wouldn't have been in the podcast right. either. So, so what do you want from What do you me? want from us? I'm either, we either are mo- hypocritical dickbags, mm. or we have a bad podcast. It's definitely not both. Yeah. Ugh. Okay, <laughs> moving on. In the obsolescence of oracles, Greek historian Plutarch wrote of a sailor Plutarch. by the name of Thamus, who was on his way to Italy when suddenly a great divine voice spoke to him from across the water. Twice he was called and made no reply, but the third time he answered. And the caller, raising his voice, said, When you come opposite to Pelotes, announce that the great Pan is dead. That's my god voice. Mm, that's pretty good. Pan, for those unfamiliar with the Greek mythology, is the Greek god of nature and father of satyrs. He is most nice. significant because he's one of the rare examples in which a member of the pantheon died and was seen to be dead for centuries within the mythology. But as we saw with the cherry field satyr of Maine, he may not be truly gone. At least that is what this urban legend from Louisville, Kentucky poses. The legend of Pan has been passed down through several generations of Louisvillians. Legend speaks of the statue of the mythical god Pan, who sits atop Hogan's Fountain in the heart of Cherokee Park. As the legend goes, on certain nights, at the stroke of midnight, when the moon is full, Pan lives once more. The statue comes to life and saunters around the park, causing mischief and property damage to anyone unlucky enough to have left their car around the park. He has been doing this for nearly a hundred years now, since the statue was first unveiled to the public in 1905. More than a hundred years, actually. Did he just punch horses in the mouth before they were cars? <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because there were no cars in 1905. Did he, like, I guess, just, yeah. Like... Um, <laughs> or maybe he was fine until the car showed up, and that's when he was like, don't like this. No one really knows what has caused the statue of a smaller, cherub-like version of Pan to have life, but everyone knows that in order to stay safe, you don't wander in the park alone at night. Perhaps Pan is merely trying to preserve the beautiful natural state of the park and sees anything mechanical and man-made as a threat to his kingdom. And thus, he must ride again. Regardless. Mason, do you think this is spooky or kooky? It's a short one, but to be fair, Kentucky really didn't give me much to work with. So I'm going to say I think that one's absolutely kooky. Because yes. if... if- if Pan, the Greek god of, of nature. nature, is alive. Mm-hmm. He's he, not in fucking Kentucky, I feel like. He's starters, not in right? Charlottesville, I guess, unless the idea is, now that I'm thinking about it, though, it could be you've seen Disney's Hercules, right? Yeah. Do you remember when Hercules, he goes to the statue of Zeus, and Zeus, like, he, like, yeah, he, like brings yeah. it to life? What well, if Pan it is just going Jackson around? Too, yeah. 
He just randomly, like, different, like, I'm guessing gods can only go into to statues of, of themselves. themselves. yeah. And there's probably not a lot of statues oh, of Pan, man, so yeah. he just, like, pops into, I'm guessing into every Louisville. time he's like, fuck, I'm going to fucking Louisville. <sighs> and he's just like, fucking cars, like, kicking shit, and he's just like, fucking <laughs> bullshit. Don't even want to fucking be here, get a fucking one night every hundred years, and just <laughs> punch and just fucking be in fucking Louisville. Yeah. Fucking Zeus gets to go to goddamn Athens. <sighs> he just like sits down, he's just like, fuck. I hate it so much, man. I hate my life. I wish I was dead again. I don't want to be here. Also, what the fuck, fuck was up with everybody saying I'm dead? I haven't been dead. I've been here this whole time. What the fuck was up what? with that? If I'm the god of nature... How would nature be here if I was dead? Man, whoever that fucking Plutarch guy is, that guy fucking, fucking sucks. Plutarch I wish he would show like it to fucking Kentucky. Kick his ass. <laughs> if I could make it to where he is but before uh, I had to fucking get back out of the he statue. He just leaves a note like, transfer uh, statue to Italy, please. <laughs> please move statue to Plutarch. Thanks. Not, not Pan, the god of nature. They're like, huh. Ah, that doesn't work. <laughs> just like slaps it on his chest and turns back into a statue. Yeah, I think it's yeah, good too. It, I don't know. There's not much detail with it, and it's like, okay, whatever. Statue comes to life and, and just hits cars? It just just yeah, won't just park, park my cars. car there, I guess. <laughs> oh, it's yeah, it's like with me getting a, a ticket every time I don't alternate my parking. Yeah. Just being like, oh shit, what day is it? Is it Tuesday? Fuck. I left my car next to the statue of Pan. You know it's going to be another dent. God damn it. I should really go move it, but honestly, I'm just I'm already in my PJs and uh, you know, it's fine. I can I'll just deal. I'll just get it buffed oh, out. I'll just yeah, get it buffed fine. out. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah, I should really get the Pan insurance. <laughs> yeah. The fucking that city has Pan insurance. They would have. To. <laughs> <laughs> All right. One of my favorite types of supernatural and occult phenomena that I seldom come across is the rare, mysterious, and unsettling, supernaturally driven abandoned towns. Ooh, yeah. Uh, but I'm not talking yeah, about yeah. towns plagued by like some sort of creature or being, but whole portions of land that seem to radiate evil and darkness, right? So we talked yeah. about one on the show. It was the ghost town of Tagus in North Dakota. That's right. Um, but this next legend is one that intrigued and fascinated me, not just because of its name, cool name, but also of the manner of which it became abandoned. There is something abhorrently terrifying about places that are abandoned at the drop of a hat, with things left behind as if people were returned tomorrow. Like Chernobyl, that's why it's so spooky to me, is because mm -hmm. you can just still find shit as they left it. There's still like people like Yeah, there's some people that there. still live there. Did you it's watch so that weird. video of that guy walking through it? And he meets a family, and he like it's like fucking creepy as shit because no. it's like he meets this like it's like his a dude that's like a he's like 30 and his mom or whatever that live there and this like weird lean-to shack they're very nice like super yeah. super nice people but it's just like what are they doing there? yeah I, I mean i did a whole like 20 hour report on chernobyl when i was in high school and a lot of it was like these people are moving back and they're like whatever we're gonna die anyway and i'm like yeah but you could not die of fucking radiation poisoning you could you can you could not do that i would touch i would touch the elephant's foot what does an elephant's foot do? That's the that's the thing in, in Chernobyl. You wrote a whole page about Chernobyl and you don't know what the elephant's, elephant's foot. foot. What's that? It's the like center of it. It's like a just oh, I didn't a, know the, it was called 
giant lump of radiated oh. whatever in the middle. Like, it, it is huh. the thing that's the problem. And it's so strong that there's no suit strong enough to get close hmm. to it to get rid of it. So it's called the elephant's foot because it's kind of shaped like an elephant's foot. Huh. Well, this uh, this town is an example of that weird, unsettling feeling. It is a town of elsewhere, Kentucky. Oh, that's awesome. This urban legend comes to us from the posting of an article by an author named Seamus Coffey. Coffey? Coffey. Coffey. And I will be reading directly from his account, which will be linked in the show notes. You won't find elsewhere Kentucky on any map. The overgrown gravel road leading to the now-abandoned settlement doesn't even connect to the main road. As with most places you shouldn't go, even the Google satellite images have been scrubbed with what looks like a bad use of a blur tool in an otherwise detailed area. It was located in southeastern Callaway County just off the shore of Kentucky Lake. Elsewhere sat surrounded by forest. Until recently, several buildings remained. I'd heard stories about elsewhere growing up. Being a Callaway County native, I'd heard most of the local folklore and ghost stories. I'd spent several nights in Ashbury and Old Salem cemeteries, looking to verify stories of creepy ghosts and various monsters. The most I ever got was spooked friends in a bad case of the willies. I was volunteering at the Senior Citizen Center when Earl, a man of about 80 years old, uh, told me about elsewhere. And it went like this. When I was a boy, my pa and I went to Elsewhere General Store to get some rock candy and chicken feed. I stood outside while Paul talked to Mrs. Ellison, the shopkeep. Paul loaded the feed into the truck and handed me the candy. Right about then, there was this loud scream from the schoolhouse. I don't know right well what happened, cause Pa told me to stay in the truck, but after that we never went back to elsewhere. When I was a few years older, I went back, so we did, okay. I said we never went back, but we did, I went back just a few years, anyway, I went back a few years later with some friends and you know, we were just some dumb kids fooling around, and my friend, Jason, went inside the schoolhouse, and I never saw him again. We spent the rest of the day looking for him, and later the police did a search, but found nothing. Shortly after that, the county disconnected Elsewhere's road from Highway 280. It's been about 60 years, and you're the first person to mention that place in half a century. Mm-hmm. But, Earl, okay, I but didn't seriously. mention anything. Uh, I'm going to put this, I'm going to put you to sleep now, so I'm going to give you your, uh, huh? your medicine for the night. All right. Okay, Did I Earl. ever tell you about Okay. Here we go. Are you my wife? All right. Good night, Earl. You fucking crazy bastard. Oh. Anyway, so, but Jason just went in, and he just never came out, and they were just like, yeah. And, okay. and, and it'll happen again. So just, I like how they're like, we spent the entire day searching, but when they were, no one was like, did you look in the schoolhouse? And they were like, ah, no. It, well, and that is, yeah. Uh, why would, why would we look in the schoolhouse? That's we dumb. looked everywhere around the town. We looked everywhere the that he didn't basements. go. Okay, but you saw him go but into you, the schoolhouse. Hmm. Okay. All right. Well, you know, <laughs> I did some digging after that. The Callaway County Public Library had a pretty good archive of town history and folklore. 
I had read every book on the subject, but I'd never seen mention of elsewhere. I ended up at the Waterfield Library up on Murray State University campus looking through old microfilm when I found reference to elsewhere in the Louisville Courier Journal. Well, then it was called right here. Sorry, that was dumb. (laughs) A A single paragraph story covered how the unincorporated town was being abandoned for health and safety reasons. It was dated April 2nd, 1953. There was one detail that stood out. Located two miles north of New Concord, just off Highway 280. I waited until Saturday morning and I made sure to change... To, I waited to change I changed my, my pants. pants and charged my cell phone. <laughs> I put on my ghost hunting pants. They're yeah, special you, because you would, they've got... They got real, a diaper. Real they got a stretchy. diaper built in, too. But also, so. the butt is brown. In case I poop myself. Because I poop my pants. I poop myself a lot when I hunt ghosts. I waited until Saturday morning and I made sure to charge my cell phone before parking roughly two miles north of New Concord, just off the side of the road. I say Concord. It's Concord. I keep saying Concord. Concord? Yeah, yeah, Concord. I moved about 50 yards past the tree line and hiked back and forth until I found the remnants of Elsewhere Road. I followed it northeast for about half a mile before coming to a clearing where several dilapidated buildings stood over the tall grass and broken pavement. I moved closer to the center of town when I saw a sign to my left that read Elsewhere General Store. The windows were boarded up and the door was nailed shut, but after pulling at the boards for a few minutes, I was able to pry the door, uh, to pry open the door. The wood was weathered and brittle, and it popped right off, leaving the nails in place. I was surprised to see that the goods on the shelves had been left in place. Old canned goods sat rusted on old wooden shelves. An old-timey register sat on a counter to my left, and several burlap sacks lay tattered across the floor. I pressed a few keys on the mechanical cash register and then pulled a lever to reveal several tarnished coins and some paper money. I had a sandwich and a Ziploc bag I'd brought for lunch, and I decided to eat it before putting the old money in the bag and stuffing it in my backpack. Why did he have to put that? (laughs) It's realism, Mason. It was realism. I had a tuna sandwich, and then I was like, I'll eat my sandwich and, put, and then just my say tummy put the money hurt. in a bag. And then my tummy kind of felt funny afterwards. I had to take a shit, so I moved into the bathroom. You know those shits where it's like a long shit and you're kind of scared to keep pooping? It was one of those. <laughs> I moved toward the back of the store when an unexpected noise caused me to stand at attention. I caught the distinct sound of footsteps on the wooden porch of the general store. I turned around and peered out the door to see nothing. Oh, God, I'm going to be completely honest. I'm a little scared right now. It's just doing it's, this. I'm a little, yeah, like, a, just that, like, empty feeling you get, like, yeah, in your I, balls and your can, inner stomach. Can, yeah. The thing is, I can picture this perfectly of being like, hello? Yes. <laughs> yes. Okay, so this is a weird thing that happened to me last night, and it just kind of reminded me of it. And it's probably definitely not Supernatural related at all. But last night, my dog and I were home alone. My family was out of town, and he was upstairs. I was down here. And every time someone knocks or, or rings the doorbell, he fucking flips out, right? Because I don't train my dog. He's, I'm, I'm a horrible dog owner. So I clearly hear someone knock on our door, right? Like clear as day. And so I, I run up there because it, it's only like a couple steps up. I go up. He starts barking like crazy. And I, I grab him. I open the door. There was nobody there. And I'm like, you know, it's probably some neighborhood kids, like, doorbell ditching or something. Because I looked around. I didn't see anyone. I'm like, maybe they hit or something. But just that feeling of, like, going out and being mm. like, hello? Like, yeah. And then you're like, oh, shit. I remember yeah. I just, like, closed the door. And I was like, um, buddy, we're going to go downstairs. I'm like, 
Stay with you're, me. You're hanging out with me now. <laughs> um, hello, anyone there? I called out. There was no response. I crept towards the door slowly with my hands out in front of me just in case. <laughs> I, like, I just imagined him like, he doesn't even have fists. He's just like, his hands are like straight out like he's searching in the dark. I know karate. <laughs> Like, I'm going to touch you gently if you jump at me. <laughs> I slowly peeked around each corner before verifying that no one was standing outside and made my way back out to the street. I was sufficiently creeped the fuck out at that point. I decided to pack it in and come back later with friends. It was well, just about that. Fuck this. <laughs> just All right. <laughs> Goodbye. I'm going to be elsewhere and not in this one. <laughs> Or just like loudly announcing for the ghost, like, okay, I'm leaving. Fuck this. And the ghost is like, ah, we did it. (laughs) You win. Hey, listen, congrats on the footsteps. It's all it took. (laughs) Nice touch. All (laughs) righty. So he says, I decided to pack it in and come back later with friends. It was just about then I heard the crack of thunder. The weather app on my phone said zero chance of rain, but the clouds overhead were moving in fast. I thought about hoofing at the half mile in the rain, but it came down fast and hard. I didn't want to go back into the general store, so I darted to the nearest building, an old house. Oh, you didn't, I didn't want to go into the safer. creepy. So I didn't want to go into the creepy spot, so I went into another creepy spot. The store, because it's just there's that feeling well, of yeah. And yeah. you're in a general store, like a you know a, yeah. an abated store. It's like this is a public place, right? Many people came here, but to go into a a private house is like ten times scarier. I think so because you know what I, I think mean. So. Yeah, like because you know what to expect more right. or less in a general we, store. A yeah. person could have anything exactly. in their house. Exactly. So, he says he went into this old house. The front door was unlocked, and the door opened on the second pole. Standing in the parlor, I looked around at the old furniture and dusty floors and decided to sit in an old wooden chair that seemed sturdy enough. The storm raged outside, and I could see water coming in from the ceiling. There were several old papers sitting on the coffee table in the living room, and after a while, I got up to look at them. The yellowed papers were single-page editions of an old periodical called The Elsewhere Gazette. God, that's such a good name. Yeah. The stories covered church events, pie recipes, and even an advert for the Elsewhere General Store. Oh, these you know, are all old, very nice like, things. Small town, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This is great pie. Ooh. Oh, rhubarb. That sounds really good. God, this One is so the nice. Papers. There's definitely nothing going to go terrible in this old-timey newspaper I'm reading. One of the papers in the stack bore the headline, Tragedy in the Schoolhouse. Band Uh-oh. name right there. Tragedy Ooh, in the tragedy schoolhouse. Tragedy in the school. That's more of an album name. Mm. Yeah, you're right. You know what I mean? You are right. The Jetpack right. Assholes. Yeah. Tragedy, tragedy in, in the, the schoolhouse. schoolhouse. Yeah. Yeah. The article told the story of a hysterical school teacher who had poisoned the cake she had prepared <laughs> for the students. He's funny. Because, <laughs> you know, that is a pretty good prank. I poisoned the cake. <laughs> a girl did that. Or I don't remember if it was a girl or someone did that at our local junior high. Except they got they did it with pot brownies. So they brought pop brownies to a school party. To a middle school to party? To a middle school school like class party. And the teacher and the students were all high. I was in high school at the time, but it was the funniest shit I'd ever heard. God, that Just is a bunch good. of like eighth graders fucking baked. What, like, yeah, that's true. What happens at that whoa. point? Who, do they have to call the police? Do they call the parents? What? Uh, I, think, I do want to know. Like, yeah. what, like You know what I mean? Anyway, so the one surviving student ran out of the schoolhouse screaming when the woman tried to force him to eat some of the poisoned cake. Eat the it cake. Was, 
No. Oh. Shit. I'm out of here. I'm, I'm leaving. Goodbye. Well, who was this you? one kid in, in the 1930s who was like, mm, no thanks, ma'am. I have enough cake. <laughs> Any I kid in the 30s is like, home. oh, fuck, please. I want that sugar in my mouth so badly. <laughs> All we have for candy is mints. Just fucking. <laughs> ah! It was dated August 12th, 1936. Earl's story put him there nearly 20 years later. I was curious as to what would have happened some 20 years after the tragedy, but not entirely willing to continue investigating. When the rain let up a little, I trudged back towards my car. Around the time I got halfway down Elsewhere Road, the sky cleared up and the rain stopped. When I got back to 280, I marked the spot with a couple of fallen branches propped up against a tree and drove back into town. That night, I was sitting at Mary's kitchen, nursing a cup of coffee, when Jerry came in and sat at the table adjacent to mine. Jerry and I didn't talk much, but we would often find ourselves sitting there through the midnight hours drinking coffee and smoking cigarettes. He tapped me on the shoulder this time. You look like you saw a ghost, kid, he said. I didn't see one, but pretty sure I heard one. That's what... <laughs> I like how his reading voice is just normal, yeah. but that's his talking voice. No, I guess his name is Seamus. I don't know if he's Irish, but maybe just... I, I didn't, didn't see one. one, but pretty sure I heard one. Pretty that's more sure. Scottish, I guess. Yeah. Whatever. Uh, I said, shaking my head. Jerry got a confused look on his face. I did some hiking out by elsewhere this morning, I added. Jerry's face went pale. Bullshit. I showed him a couple of the pictures on my phone. See that building right there? He said, pointing at my phone. Don't go in that building, ever. I take it that's the schoolhouse, I said. He nodded. What's the big deal about that place? Earl up at the senior center said he didn't know what happened. I found an old newspaper article from about 20 years ago before Earl was there. From about 20 years before Earl was there. But it didn't explain the scream he heard coming from it in the 50s, I said. Jerry shook his head. Round here we don't talk about elsewhere in polite conversation. It ain't one of those things that needs discussed. Okay, it's not fucking Voldemort. Just tell the story about what <laughs> happened at the schoolhouse. Jesus don't say Christ. his name. <laughs> He we don't must talk not be about named. Voldemort down in these parts. I always He's think that's, a dark wizard. I always think that's... Like, I understand with, like, certain cultures, like, um, you know, like, your Native American tribes or the Navajo, where names, like, to them hold, like, yeah, physical they power. Say, they won't say the They won't Skinwalker say Skinwalker, name? right? Yeah. The Navajo won't say Skinwalker because to them it's, like, holds physical power that it can it can affect them. But I always think it's so interesting when I read stories like this where it's, like, there was, an, there was a lady that was killed down the road and now she haunts everyone and they're, like... We don't talk about that story around here, but I'll tell you the one time, and then I will never speak of it yes. again. It's like, all right. I also just I love the fact that they can never say the word elsewhere, yeah. so they're like, no, they don't have that here. We'd have to go uh, to a, a somewhere different. Another, a different location than, the, uh, than this one. We'd have to go not here not for that. Here. <laughs> around here, we don't talk about elsewhere in polite conversation. It ain't one of those things that needs discussing. But I can tell you're all curious, so I'll tell you. And then, <laughs> well, you wore me down. I'll tell you. I'll tell you everything. We never I, talk I about it. I didn't even but... really ask. It's fine. We don't have to talk about it. Now, you, you keep insisting, so I'll tell you about it. You know what? I actually got to go. Sit, sit nope, down. Sit the fuck down. I was born in 59, about 60 years after they abandoned the town. It was the 70s by the time I was a dumb teenager looking for a thrill. My buddy Tom Blankenship found pictures of elsewhere in a book up at the library saying the town was abandoned in a hurry. We drove in his truck out there and found everything boarded up save for the schoolhouse. Tom went inside the schoolhouse and I stood by the truck. 
You could still get to Elsewhere Road if you didn't mind driving over some saplings at that point. Jerry so wait, I got a re- real quick a question. So when did so they're in there? They're in Elsewhere in the seventies. When did Earl come back? Uh, is that around the same time? Holy shit! I get. It would have had to have been around the same well, time, Earl right? Because Earl was there twenty years after nineteen thirty. Right. So he was there in the fifties. So it was still a working so functioning he was, town. No, he in the probably 50s. went in. Uh, okay, so he was like what eight in the in the fifties? The timeline right? doesn't add up because he was yeah he said he was he was eight or a kid when they went twenty years after the schoolhouse incident, which would have been the fifties because the schoolhouse incident was the thirties, right? Right. Yeah. So that's th- what he would have been in the fifties. Right, when he was a kid. And then he went back when he was a teenager. So he probably went in the 60s. This guy went That's in the 70s. Right. That's what I'm saying. So it was around the same time, though. Uh, uh, well, not like... Because this guy was born in 59. Right. I'm so, just trying to get... Yeah, put a timeline yeah. here. So This okay. guy's probably yeah. only 10 or so years younger than Earl. So he's probably in his 70s. Right. That's, that's kind of what I'm... But this kind of implies yeah. that he's younger. So, yeah, the timeline here isn't adding up. Yeah. Well, um, it, okay. I mean, it makes enough sense. I yeah. was just trying to... Yeah, okay. So Jerry lit a cigarette and took a drag. Tom let out this well like he'd been bit by a snake and rushed up to the schoolhouse expecting to see God knows what. No, sorry, I rushed. I said he rushed. I meant I rushed up to the schoolhouse. The single-room schoolhouse was empty. I looked all over for Tom, but I couldn't find him. I ended up going to the cops, and that was when they told me about the ghost. Jerry took a long drag and stood up from his chair and moved across from me. There was this somber look in his eye that told me everything I needed to know about Tom's fate. So the deputy tells me that every couple of years some idiot goes out there and goes in the schoolhouse only for nobody to see them again. Thing is, the county sheriff's department knows about the ghost. He told me that back in the 50s. This kid came to school with a machete and hacked a couple of the kids up. The school teacher ran out screaming. They questioned the kid, and he said this pretty lady that stood outside the schoolhouse from time to time said it would send them to heaven. They ended up putting him under the jail. Jerry under put the jail? Under the jail? <laughs> huh? What? They built the whole fucking jail on top of him? <laughs> now get under the jail, young man. I don't dig. I, get the dig get in there. Jerry put out a cigarette and looked at me with a stern face. I don't know what happens to the people that go into that schoolhouse, and I don't want to know. Don't go back there. The county should demolish that place. He said, he, he said, he said that. <laughs> Jerry left a $5 bill on his table and walked out. Fucking badass, Jerry. He fucking just hit him with that knowledge, cool. and he was like, all right, I'm out. Dramatic ass. And then he's just like, Jerry, they just put your food on the table. You not get- You just ordered food. They just brought it out, and Jerry's already out the door, and he's like, Jerry, Damn. it's not the 70s anymore. It costs much more than $5 to order a meal what at a diner. What the fuck, Jerry? Now I have to I pay for this. And I'm Jerry's, paying for your meal. Jerry's I mean, out the I door, guess. and he's like, Damn, thing is, I was pretty hungry, but that was a badass exit, so I, I got to go somewhere else now. <laughs> you know, it works. I get a free meal every time I tell that story because I can just leave on that, and they're so confused and scared that... They don't even think about the fact that I only gave them $5 for a $10 hamburger and fries. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, Jerry. Every time. Despite his story, I was even more curious about elsewhere at that point. I paid for my coffee and left. By the following Saturday, I was able to wrangle a friend to come with me back to elsewhere. 
Katie was a local college student who was obsessed with ghost hunting in abandoned town. So, I don't... So there's like a... There's like a ghost there? I, what? I didn't see it, but I was uh -huh. there and I heard something spooky, so I had to leave. But... Uh, your old friend said that it kills people when you go into the house? Yeah. And you want to go back there? Yeah. Are you going to go into the school? Maybe. I'm in. You want to come? Let's go. Ah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm in. I, I also like to think maybe that this girl was like, oh, this is like an excuse. You know, like it's a date or whatever. Like it's just an excuse to like fuck around. And then they actually okay. pulled him to a fucking, he's actually like, okay, now get the fuck out of the truck. We're hiking for a half a mile into this. <laughs> She's like, what? I wore heels. I, I thought we were, wait, I, you don't want to. I told I'm not you wearing we were underwear gonna, today. I, oh, well, you should. You why the fuck wouldn't you wear underwear? I told you we were going on a hike. Fuck. Also, those fucking shoes are horrible for this. You were wearing a skirt. We're fucking hiking. You should have wore pants. I got an extra pair of pants. Put the fucking pants on. Let's go. I told you we were going on a I'm hike. Wearing, why would you have, wear a cocktail dress? I have work dress. boots. They're not going to fit, but you fucking put them on. You don't have to. Come on. Let's go. Oh, did you? <laughs> the fuck is wrong with you, Katie? Hard. Come on. It wasn't very hard to rope her into coming along. I told her the stories as they had been passed down to me, and it was all it took for her to wake me up at 5 a.m. on a Saturday morning with some coffee and a camera ready for a hike. Katie and I strolled into town a little after 7 in the morning. The sky was bright, but the sun was still barely over the trees. We decided to open the doors to the schoolhouse and look inside for a from a few feet back. I opened the door and shot back off the stoop and back into the grass. It was dark inside, and we couldn't make out anything. Katie produced a flashlight and shined it inside of the doorway. I could make out a few upturned desks and a chalkboard in the back. We stood there for a bit when the sun crept over the trees and started heating up the morning dew, resulting in a thick fog. I fucking hate fog. Well, I mean, I love it and I hate it, you know? Sure. It's creepy. I love it, but I also hate it because it's creepy. I turned for a moment to look back at the general store when Katie darted past me into the schoolhouse. I yes, immediately Katie. ran after her and we both stood in the dilapidated building as I begged her to go back outside. I could have sworn I saw a kid standing in here, she said. <laughs> yeah. Love it. Yeah, so she's like, I better go in. Yeah. God damn it, I'm mad too, because I'm going to be this person. Yeah. You know if we ever go to this place, I'm like, yep. ah, I'm going to go in there. Well, because, and you're going to be like, but Mason, you'll die. And I'm just going to be like, yeah, yeah. but yeah. one of us has got to know. Come you on. think we can't just go without no, knowing what's yeah. in the school. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's great. Spooky kids. First time I was here, it rained out of nowhere. Now it's fog. Let's go, I said. Katie walked a few steps to forward and let out a yelp as she fell through a hole in the floorboards to the cellar down below. I laid flat on the ground and reached my arm down for her to climb up. She grabbed my wrist and I grabbed her with my other hand and tried to roll back to pull her up. She wouldn't budge. I looked back down and saw a half-transparent woman holding on to Katie's legs and pulling her into the darkness. I pulled harder as Katie started screaming. The ghostly woman looked up at me and smiled in the dim light of the morning shining from the door. Katie was pulled quickly into the darkness, and in the struggle, I too was pulled down into the cellar. Katie fell silent after I pulled a couple of glow sticks from my backpack and cracked them open. I tossed one in her direction and one towards the other end of the room and brought up the flashlight app on my phone. Katie sat slumped against the wall on the far side of the room. There were bones all over the room in various states of decay. I walked over to Katie and checked her pulse of the neck. It was faint, but it was there. I turned towards the back of the room, and that is when I noticed a small sliver of light coming from two wooden cellar doors about 20 or so feet from me. I crept 
past the scattered bones and over to the cellar doors. I tried to open them only to hear chains rattle on the other side. I pushed harder and kept banging at them until one of the hinges broke. I pushed the doors open and went back for Katie and threw her over my shoulder. As I walked towards the opening, I felt a sharp pain across my back. I didn't look back. Instead, I bolted for the light. I tripped over a, course, a corpse and fell to the ground. My cell phone slid across the floor. I looked back and the ghostly woman was almost on top of me. I bolted up, grabbed Katie by the wrist, and took off for the stairs leading to freedom, dragging the young co-ed behind me. Just as I crossed the threshold into the light, I felt a tug and looked back to see the woman holding Katie by the leg. I tugged and pulled and cursed and fought. This otherworldly voice came from the apparition saying, Let her go to heaven! <laughs> Let her go to heaven! <laughs> She's like an announcer from like the 70s. <laughs> Let her go to heaven! That's good. It's the it's our morning. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Hey, everybody! It's me, the ghost from the schoolhouse. I'm just here to say, maybe let the go ahead go to heaven. Oh, that, that sounds a little bit wacky. <laughs> All right. Up next is Katy Perry's California Girls. Woof woof. Go and ahead. up that is dead school children all over the cellar floor. You're going to love it. I'm rolling out the hits. Me so That's horny. me, ghost in the schoolhouse. Go to hell, I shouted. The woman's grip on Katie loosened. Oh, down. can't say that on air. <laughs> Sorry. You got me into this, and now I can't stop. The woman's grip on Katie loosened, and I fell on the soft grass with Katie landing on top of me. Oh, <laughs> Okay. Sounds pretty romantic. I didn't wait around for her to show up again, so I fireman carried her back to my car. In my report to the deputy, I mentioned all the bodies I found down in the schoolhouse. He would later tell me they recovered 16 skeletons and one corpse that had been there for just a few years. The county board voted to demolish the town shortly thereafter. It was all kept hush hush. Elsewhere, wait road a minute. Was... They just walked in and got the corpses? That was the end of it? Yeah. All right, I guess. <laughs> well, yeah, the like, ghost wait, didn't what? attack them. Yeah, yeah, they were like, well, she's like, I just, I respect the law. So. Yeah, she was like, go ahead. Uh oh, I'll there are <laughs> ghosts in my graveyard. Elsewhere. I meant cops, not ghosts. Oh well. <laughs> Elsewhere Road was tiled with a backhoe. After the remaining buildings were bulldozed and the cellar of the schoolhouse filled with concrete. I went back out there one last time just to make sure it was gone and didn't make it five feet toward the tree line before a deputy sheriff flashed his lights and told me to get back in my car. Katie won't talk to me anymore. Last I saw her, she pretended she didn't see me and scurried away. Of all the things that I experienced in that town, I regret not grabbing my cell phone. I had some pretty decent pictures. There's no record of elsewhere, Kentucky. Now there's nothing left of the town. This was doing so well. Yeah, I know. I haven't been back, and from the way the county has been handling it, I don't think there is anything to go back to. But just in case, don't go to elsewhere Kentucky. So, Mason, what do you think? It Spooky was, or kooky? Yeah, it started off really good, and then it just turned into a creepypasta. It, you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. It had nothing to do with elsewhere Kentucky by it, the end of it. It got me, and then at the end when they just said, they recovered them, it was happily ever after. It was like, Yeah, oh, and then... It the, well, the doesn't way have to he, be cut out. The way he was like, oh, I lost my phone, so all the pictures are gone, and also yeah, the government. Yeah, 
yeah. made it very hush-hush, so if you ask anybody about it, they're going to pretend they don't know what you're talking about. And they destroyed the town, so you can never find it. It's crazy how there's just no evidence of this entire fantastic story about me fighting a ghost. Yeah. It sucked. I was super into it, and then it just was, yeah, it just fucking, yeah. it, that entire ending was, just, I mean, about the time they started fighting the ghost, I was like, okay. And yeah. then I was like, maybe. And then it was like 16 skeletons, and I'm like, Okay, well now we've got to do with right. sixteen corpses that you have to that we're gonna have to. They were just like, hey, don't worry, don't even think about them. <laughs> you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, I, I think it's spooky up until that point. Yeah, but I, I still d- think. I mean, so was there any? Did you find anything well, else about here, elsewhere? Here's, okay. here's the oh, sad. Oh right. Part. Oh, I forgot. We do the. Yeah. We make the rating. And then I you do want to point story. out that sadly, to my disappointment, because I wanted to add this place to our Captain's Log Terror Tour yeah, that we're absolutely. gonna go on someday. This is a completely fictional story. I will say also, I do want to throw out there, though, that this was the first story we've read on Captain's Log that legitimately had me creeped out as we were yeah, reading it. That, you know what I, I mean? Yeah. Yeah. The author himself acknowledged that, uh, that a year after the story went viral, uh, saying, despite being a popular story, it is a fictional location. There has never been a town named Elsewhere, Kentucky. <sighs> but despite known, this. too cool of a name. It is way too cool. That's, yeah. But despite this, the story has grown into a legend with many still being adamant that the rubble of this fictitious town still remains and others have gone as far as to declare that the claim of the story being fictional is a conspiracy to cover up the events that transpired in Elsewhere and the nature of the town. And I came across a lot of stuff in my research where people were just like, nope, this is a real place. Uh, to the shame, I, I, I look at Only only in Your State a lot. They're a, they're a website where they like do mm-hmm. sort of things like, like stories. And to their shame, they reported this as being a real place. And I'm like, well, that's you have to you have to make sure that people you know what I mean. I'm all for mm-hmm. the fun of the story, but then you know at the end you leave a, a fucking note that says you know sorry guys this isn't real because yeah what if I didn't know this I would have fucking driven to Kentucky fucking looking for this We'd place be like a in Kentucky right now I'd be murdered by a school ghost by now <laughs> yeah because I would have because God it's I'm very that type interesting of that even though the guy who wrote it has come out and been like yeah no nah, this is fake people are like he doesn't know. It, yeah, it's right. real. It's a conspiracy. Like he fucking wrote it. What do you well, that's mean? That's why. Well, but I think we we're gonna make such a great ghost hunting team when we can. Yeah. When we when finally, we when people finally yeah. start paying us to go to yeah. these places, because you're the guy, the guy that's gonna like, I'll take a bunch of pictures and gonna hang out back here, and I'm just like, I gotta go in. Though. Yeah. Yeah, you know what I mean? That's exactly what so it we'll is. have to all we have to do is work up like a live feed thing mm-hmm. where I have the well, it's it already exists, right? Where I have the camera yeah. <laughs> and I go in and you just have a monitor that's like got the actual hard drive <laughs> recording on it. Yeah. So it like I so you just no matter when yeah. when regardless of how many ghosts we investigate until I get murdered by one. Yes. Uh, we always have to And if you get murdered, that's great publicity for us. Because I'll be like honestly, if I was host the dude died, who but then died Captain's like fucking proving, shoots up. Yeah, but if I'm the guy who dies while proving <laughs> ghosts are real there's like uh, there is no great there's no nothing would make me happier jose Uh, it's the perfect death is being whatever deity controls the afterlife is gonna high five you when you get there i mean yeah and then it's like i'm gonna i gotta and then i'll start haunting something as a ghost right and then that but like in a fun way where i'm just like Hey guys, it's me, Mason from the afterlife. I'm here to tell you all. I'm just imagining like you and Max being like, so they say Mason haunts this place, and they're like, yeah. And Max is like, but how do they, how do they know? Max Binion, welcome back to the Mason. He's like, oh, there, there. Okay, yeah. So, (laughs) 
<laughs> we visited elsewhere, Kentucky. We grabbed some old money from the register in the general store. And we now, ate our sandwich and put it in our plastic bag. <laughs> Why, he made a fucking this. fake story yeah. and still added that detail in it. God damn it. And now we head south to Tennessee. Brujas Socia Hexe. They go by many names, and our fascination with them and their involvement in the occult and dark arts has never really dwindled. That's right, we're talking witches. Oh god, I love witches. Now, I don't think that we've actually covered a witch legend yet. I think we we have talked about... Yeah, I don't think we've covered a full-on witch legend. Although no, I think we've called like covered ghosts like of old women that people yeah. call witches. But yeah, I don't think we've ever like we covered, covered like, like a, the ghost hag, which yeah, yeah. but although, no, like just although, I'm a person in the but woods. With some magic. would still make the argument that this is really more of a ghost witch anyway. So maybe oh. we still haven't really fully covered. But hey, I, all I want is a sandwich. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> but let's talk about the Bell Witch. Have you ever heard of this one before? Bell it Witch. sounds very familiar. In fact, when I read Bell Witch, I thought we may have covered it in mm, the podcast yeah. before. The legend of the Bell Witch is perhaps one of the most famous pieces of Southern lore still talked about in today's America. Oh, last podcast covered this. Mm, yeah, yeah. That's Aston- why I know it from. Astonishing Legends also did an episode, so it's like a very well-known one. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. Sorry, you can cut that out, too, because we no, probably no, shouldn't no. talk about it. Like, the podcast I listened to did a better job of covering this, but anyway, <laughs> um, I just that's where I've heard it from. Mm, okay. It is the story of an evil entity that tormented a family more than 200 years ago. This legend begins in the early 1800s, where a man by the name of John Bell had just moved his family to an area that was known at the time as Red River, Tennessee, which is now known as Adams. He purchased some land and a large house for him and his family, and in those early years he enjoyed great success, being able to expand his property and even becoming the deacon or elder of the Red River Baptist Church. But all this happiness would soon disappear. In 1817, John Bell was inspecting some crops in his field when he saw a strange animal in the distance. Upon further inspection, he was shocked to see it had the body of a dog and the head of a rabbit. In fear, John Bell shot at it. The animal then vanished... That's the thing, well, is I wouldn't fucking shoot. It's not doing anything to me. It's, I'm going to be spooked, and I'm like, that's weird. I might take a picture, but I'm not going to be like, son of a bitch, get the fuck out of yeah, here. but also, like, it's like, it's a dog and a rabbit. That's not... What is it fucking doing to you? You know it's, what I mean? If, it's got the yeah. body of a dog, but it's got the head of a rabbit, so it doesn't even have, like, sharp teeth or anything to bite <laughs> you with. Yeah, it's just, it's like, it's like bounding around, just being like... Yeah, like it's running like a dog, it's but just being like... like you know? Yeah. I don't know. It's not scary. Also, but I do like, though, as I was reading, this is the one that, like, kind of spooked me as I was reading it, just because it reminded me of the witch, the, the, uh. The Vavitch. Yeah, the Vavitch. And I was like, I was like, damn, I kind of want to watch that movie again. God, like, that's a, a good, good movie. movie. Yeah, it is. Um, so, he shot at it. The animal then vanished, and John Bell thought nothing of it. But after dinner, something just, even stranger happened. Just, just fucking imagine being in that in that time in 1817 and just being like, you're there, like you know the quiet dinner of just yeah. like like wooden things like rattling and just like, you know I uh, shot a dog with a rabbit's face today, huh, Papa? Oh well, it was a, uh, it was a, it was a it was a dog body with a rabbit's face. So naturally, That's strange. I shot it. And it uh, disappeared, and, <laughs> and 
And as good as my name's John Bell, I can guarantee we won't be seeing anything like that for the rest of our lives. <laughs> That's right, nothing but smooth sailing for the Bell family. <laughs> ah, mm, this pork tastes like poison. <laughs> <laughs> so, after dinner, something even stranger happened. The family began to hear beating sounds on the walls of the home. So I'm just fucking punching the shit out of their walls. Just like, uh, uh, uh. I bet our uh, neighbor's just um, practicing to be a boxer. Let's go to bed. <laughs> the noises would continue and increase in frequency and force each night, with John and his sons running to investigate every time but coming up empty-handed. In the following weeks, the younger... Bell children would wake up in fear, complaining that they could hear rats gnawing at their beds. They complained well, about... it's 1917. It's the 1817. There are gonna be rats in your bed, sweetie. Oh, Go back to bed. If you just grabbed one. So <laughs> Look, this one's almost big enough we could eat. Yeah, I mean... We'll save this one for tomorrow. <laughs> he's like, like tossing it yeah. up in the air, like huh. weighing it. Like, hmm. Huh. This is a ripe rat. Hmm. Honey, I think I know what we're having for dinner tomorrow. I'm How keeping this one. Sound? <laughs> this is a midfield snack because he's like tucking it in his shirt yeah. pocket. Um, so they would complain about rats gnawing at their beds, uh, about having their covers pulled from them and their pillows tossed onto the floor by an unseen entity. Dude, that unseen entity is me. I fucking I w- go to sleep with all my pillows. I wake up and my pillows are halfway across the room. I'm like, what oh, the yeah, fuck constantly. happened? I'm just like, yeah, and like I sleep in bed and then I yeah. just star yeah. out and push no, everything like, in the I bed, up including and I'm like, Cheyenne off of it. <laughs> just like, I wake up wake sometimes up, yeah. and I'm like, why the fuck is my pillow in the garbage can? I'm like, how did I get it? Am I fucking <laughs> chucking them in my sleep? Am I like, I don't know. It's probably bed. a witch is haunting us both, but it's just like, I just... Listen, they gotta be afraid of the me doing that thing before I can yeah. move on, but they just think it's them. They're not even afraid. Damn. Hey, 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 uh, Stacy the Witch, how's how's your haunting going? Not good. I've it's done a bunch years. of shit, but this guy's just like, huh, oh well. And then they just go back to sleep. He just keeps, he buys apples, and I try to do that thing where, you know, he has a fresh apple and then it's rotted, but they just buy fruits and vegetables and just leave them in their fridge until they rot, so it's like, I can't even do it. I'm moving his shoes, but sometimes he forgets where he puts his shoes anyway, so he's like, oh, must have just moved them. Honestly, I'm kind of worried about him. I think he might have dementia. (laughs) Every time I flick it off the lights and he's just like, oh, I must have left that light on. Oh, did I not turn that light off? Oh, weird. Okay. <laughs> Sometimes I go, ooh, and he goes, ah, I the get vents that. are acting up. Huh. Mine gets drunk so often he sees me and is just like, as the hey, witch that lives in my house. Hello, There witch. was one time where he walked in the bedroom and I was in my full demonic form and he said, oh, didn't know this room was being taken. And then he left and he <laughs> slept in the fucking living room in his own house. He was alone too, but he was so drunk that he was like, oh, my apologies. I'm sorry, lady. I didn't know this was your room now. I'll just go sleep on the couch. Good night. If you need blankets, there's they're in the in the, the at the end of the hall in that closet. Okay, good night. Okay. Good night. <laughs> hey, can you turn off the hallway light before you go to sleep? Thank you. She's oh, like, yeah, I'll get it. Oh, did I, you turn it back on? It, it's fine. I don't it's, care. I don't worry about it. It's okay. Did you want some gin? <laughs> We're out of gin. <laughs> sorry. So, um, 
with the passage of time, the bell, uh, the bells begin to hear whispering noises, very faint, but they resembled an old woman singing. Then the encounters Hi, fuck escalated. You. Fuck you. In Russia long ago, there lived a certain man. He was tall he was and, strong, and strong, and his eyes a flaming glow. The oh, fuck. What comes out? Ah, Rasputina. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know the song. I've only <laughs> heard it on TikTok. Um, then the encounters escalated, and Betsy, the youngest of the family, caught the brute end of it. Her hair would be pulled, and she would be pinched and beaten by the force, leaving welts and handprints upon her body. John had wanted to keep all this quiet in fear of judgment from his neighbors, but could no longer take it and confided in his neighbor and close friend James Johnston. Johnston was, a, was skeptical at first and suggested he and his wife spend the night at the Bell home while the family stayed at his place. Johnson's just like, you're full of shit, Bell. <laughs> Let yeah. me stay in your fucking house. Uh, wait, I, no, Johnston was just would try and has been trying to fuck Bell's... I, well, I guess, did Bell, did his wife die? No, she's still alive. Okay, then he was just definitely being like, I, I've just been trying... My wife and I have been trying to fuck you two for a long well, time now, if this uh, is what it takes. Uh, why don't you leave the kids in my house and uh, you and yeah, the wife well, and me and the wife. Why don't we have a little wife. sleepover? Why don't we have a little... You know how sometimes you get tired of driving your horse carriage and you want to let someone else drive your horse carriage? Do you ever do you ever thought about maybe you, know you were about? the horse carriage and you thought maybe another man should drive y- your you horse carriage? You ever, you know, swings. What if people <laughs> did that? Like, what if people were swingers, if you will? Ooh. I'm trying to fuck you and your wife. That's what I'm getting at. Do you, is that? Is this what the whole witch thing is? I just thought the whole witch thing was, was a was cover for. Oh no! Oh okay. Yeah, we can. I'll stay oh, and investigate. Well, we'll still help. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> you change your mind. Let me know. So, uh, things were peaceful for the Johnstons almost all day until night came, and as they were turning in, they began to experience the same horrific events that the Bells had endured. And their bed covers were pulled, and James was slapped across the face. He leapt out of bed and cried out. In the name of the Lord, who are you and what do you want? The entity did not respond, and the rest of the night was quiet. I like how it just fucking slapped the shit out of him. He's going to sleep. He turns over and just fucking... Get. Ow, ow! Honey, did you slap me? No, it must have been the witch. She's like clearly mad at him for something you did, and she just waits for him to fall asleep. She's like, so uh, the entity did not respond, and the rest of the night was quiet. Johnston told Bell that he believed he was dealing with some evil spirit like the kind the Bible spoke about and suggested they start a committee with their fellow community members to determine what to do about the matter. Well, John, I'm going to be honest with you. That slap only comes from a devil. You think so? No doubt in my mind. Damn. Yep. Should we... What what do we do now? What's our next step? Well, I think... Have you seen the Avengers? So over time, the entity developed a strong voice and could now be heard clearly, singing hymns, quoting scripture, and berating the family. It I once won even victory royale. Yeah, Fortnite we're about to get down. <laughs> oh my god. It's a hymn. Yeah, it's a hymn. <laughs> it once even quoted word for word. Two sermons that were being preached at the same time 13 miles away from each other. 
Not sure how they figured that out. Yeah, I was going to say, how do they Did know they that it's being Did they ask breached? around? I don't, I don't know. Word spread of this supernatural phenomena so much that it caught the interest and piqued the curiosity of future president and major historical piece of shit, Major General Andrew Jackson. Hey, hello, I'm Major General Racist Andrew Jackson. Oh boy, you're here. I'm here to gen- I think I can genocide the witch out. Oh, I don't mm, Three of John's sons, John Jr., Drury, and Jesse, had all served <laughs> Drury. What kind of fucking... Mm. They had all uh, served under Jackson in the Battle of New Orleans in eight... Um, they had all served under Jackson in the Battle of New Orleans. In 1819, when Jackson heard of the disturbances, he decided to have a look for himself. As Jackson and his men were on their way, their wagons suddenly stopped. Appearing to be stuck in mud, the men tried for several minutes to pull them out. And finally, mm. Jackson proclaimed, By the eternal, boys, that must be the Bell Witch. Suddenly, a disembodied voice told Jackson that he could proceed, and they arrived at the ah. Bell home without further interruptions. Wonderful. One of Jackson's men claimed to be a witch tamer and said that nothing had happened to them because he had a silver gun with silver bullets that could kill anything evil. Uh, don't worry, Mr. Bell, I've brought my top man. This is Mitch Tanner, the witch tamer. Oh, hey, none of these witches got oh, nothing on me. I got my silver gun. Oh, that's already my enough out of bullets. you. That's, I've had enough of you already. You go sit in the corner and you don't talk until I tell you to talk. All right, so... Mitch. <laughs> corner. <laughs> Yes, very good, Mitch. <laughs> I'm sorry. I love you. Mitch? <laughs> John? Who said that to me? He then proceeded to scream and jerk in different directions. You know, the dance, the jerk? You remember the jerk? <laughs> Teach me how to jerk. <laughs> I remember the jerk. Yes. Everybody jerk. Hey. I guess. Yeah, so he, he did the dance. Um... <laughs> What if fucking, what if supernatural entities made you fucking do the jerk? You get possessed by a demon and you just start jerking. I. And everybody's like, I vaguely remember that dance, I think, from the early 2000s. That joke was really funny for people aging between like 18 to 23. (laughs) Oh, God. What a time. It's a really good (laughs) zillennial joke. Yeah. He started complaining that he was being stuck with pins, and then an invisible foot kicked him swiftly on the ass and sent him out the front door. <laughs> fucking, I love her. I love yeah. the witch. Angry. I just, can you imagine? <laughs> I just, he's like, he's so Gary Busey-esque. Yeah, right? As yeah. he's just like, oh, 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 I'm getting poked by pins. Yeah. Oh, oh, just, oh just my like, God, what's happening? Fucking. <laughs> Get the like fucking fuck whipping out around, here. and people are just like, like, uh, like John is just like, what the fuck, what the fuck? is happening? The witch is never oh, done that. I'm gonna get her. Oh, I got her in a headlock. Oh, 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 she got me. Oh, oh, oh no. Angry um, President Jackson, can you leave my house and stop doing that, please? Angry, it would seem. The entity spoke up and said that she would reveal another fraudster in Jackson's entourage the following evening. Terrified of oh, probably... Oh, wait, was it the witch tamer that It was the witch tamer, not, 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 not Andrew, Andrew Jackson. Jackson. Okay, gotcha. Terrified, uh, 
probably because they were scared of being outed at some, as some sort of fraud, the men begged Jackson to leave, but he decided to stay the night, wanting to know who the other fraud was. What happened next is unknown, but Jackson and his men were spotted in nearby Springfield the next morning on their way back to Nashville. So they didn't even stay the night, they just dipped. So something happened, but nobody, this is like a missing chunk in the story where no one's sure what happened that caused him to leave. Uh, I'm just imagining it like he was. They Andrew got Jackson there was just like, like, oh, there's no Native Americans involved. Oh, I just imagine they got there at like 5 p.m. That thing happened at like 7 p.m. And they're like, we're spending the night. And then at 11 p.m. He was like, I'm bored. Let's go. <laughs> All right. Let's get the fuck out of you. I'm going to be honest. Uh, this is boring. I don't want to be here. Anymore. Come on. We're getting out of here. The entity- there's whores in Springfield. <laughs> there's not whores here. So... Um, let's get out of here. <laughs> the entity would go on to identify itself as Kate at one point and let it known that she had a disdain for John Bell, vowing to kill him, and that she also wasn't approving of the engagement of Betsy Bell and neighbor Joshua Gardner. <laughs> so I just uh, the Kate being like, I want that fucking, I want John Bell dead. And he's just like, I, uh, I don't know what I've done to you, spirit, uh, but please what stop. What did I do wrong? You, uh, fuck you. Fuck me? Fuck me, witch? Fuck me. Yeah, fuck you. And they're like, oh, that's fuck you. why. <laughs> oh, well, it's because I'm kind an, of asshole. an asshole. Yeah, yeah, okay. John became weaker and weaker as time went on, experiencing all sorts of health problems. And in 1820, his declining health had confined him to the house where the malicious entity continuously removed his shoes. This, this part is so funny. Where the malicious entity continuously removed his shoes when he tried to walk and slapped his face when he recovered from his numerous seizures. So she fucking... This guy's having a fucking horrible time. He just had a seizure. He's like, oh, God. And she's just like, fuck you, John Bell. I just... Him, like, laying in bed, and he's just like... And then just like a 20-minute arduous process yeah. of him like getting up and being like... And his shoes are right uh, there and he's like... He like slides his feet into his slippers and he's like... It's cold. It's gonna, I'm just gonna fly. I just... Uh, get up. And she's just like... He's just like slowly one step. It's just slowly coming down, right? It's just a centimeter away and fucking slap his goddamn shoe. He just fucking falls. Oh, God damn it. Kate, fuck you. Ah, fuck you, John. <laughs> John Bell would breathe his last breath on December 20th, 1820, after slipping into a coma the day before. Immediately after his death, the family discovered a strange black vial near his bed. John Jr. would give three drops of it to the cat, who proceeded to die almost instantly. What the fuck did that cat do to you, John Jr.? <laughs> you son of a bitch. <laughs> God damn it. Fuck is right, yeah, that's so... Kate then exclaimed, I gave it old, uh, oh, old yeah, Jack yeah. a big dose of that last night. I'm doing a Charles Manson, hold on. I gave old Jack a big dose of that last night. Oh, ah, the spiders in my applesauce. Oh, hey, oh, I'm over here, I'm over here. I'm zipping and zapping, baby. You can't stop me, I'm the baby boomer. <laughs> I gave big old Jack a big dose of that last night, which fixed him, she said, right? John Jr. tossed the mysterious vial in the fireplace where it then exploded in a blue flame and shot up the chimney. Well, uh, fuck that then. 
That was weird. We need a new cat. We probably shouldn't keep this around. (laughs) After John Bell's death, Kate turned her attention to Betsy's engagement. Betsy and Joshua couldn't go to the river, the fields, or the cave to do what young couples do without Kate tormenting them. She was just a cockblock. Kate was just a cockblock. In the 1800s, I have a friend like you have to Kate. fuck by a river to field <laughs> yeah. in a cave. It's like, just get a, ah, God. Just get a fucking room at yeah. the local inn. <laughs> the constant harassment was more than Betsy could handle, and on Easter morning, 1821, she met Joshua and broke off the engagement. Aww. We were all rooting uh, for you. Joshua was probably an asshole. It was, it was the 1800s. Yeah. He was probably a monster. Shortly after that, Kate visited John Bell's widow and told her that she was leaving but would return in seven years. Then, in 1828, just like she promised, Kate returned. Most of her visits centered around John Jr. They spoke of the origin of life, Christianity, and the need for major spiritual reawakening. And you killed my dad. (laughs) You killed my dad, but by God, are you interesting. I did kill your dad, you're right. God damn it, I can't do Manson, but I always, this is my natural for this. You're like Joe Rogan. I I just want to listen to everything you say, Bell Witch. I'm just saying, elk meat? Elk meat is some of the greatest benefits of anything I've ever had. You ever done shrooms? (laughs) Just fucking... (laughs) She would also uh, go on to make predictions of events to come as well, most notably predicting the Civil War. After three weeks, the entity said goodbye, vowing you know, Joe to Rogan return. does talk about a civil war. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> vowing to return to visit John Jr.'s most direct descendant in 107 years. But 1935 came and went, and it would seem she did not return. But many people believe she never left the place at all, and still blame her for the strange occurrences that occasionally befall Adams, Tennessee. So, Mason, spooky or kooky? I mean, it's spooky. It's a fun one. It gets weird, though, in the end. Right? It gets weird. Yeah. Because it's like she... Well, like, like I I skimmed over a bunch of details. Like, if you want to go listen more in depth, there's there's other people who cover more in depth. And, like, some of the specifics of the things she did is just like, huh. But it's just like... It's like a Game of Thrones where, like, up until, like, they had George R. R. Martin's books, like, Mm. characters were, like, really poignant. Yeah. And then it kind of seemed like they were like, okay, well, these are the four most important characters. And you had, like, Braun and shit Mm. who they were just like, well, he's too likable to get rid of. Yeah. But we don't really have anything for him to do, so he's just going to kind of fuck around doing nothing, but he's still in the show for, like, every season. Yeah. Yeah. It's like it, that. It, it, it's Because some of the stuff that like I didn't talk about, it, where she would go from like terrorizing them for a whole week or whatever. And then she would and just then like... And she would like sing songs to them yeah, and like she would like come back like and be TV. like, how is your guys' life? Like, yeah. well, what's going on? Let me help you with your problems. And it's like, what the fuck? Why? Why are you... Do- <laughs> but the thing that's so interesting to me is that multiple people heard her. There was one story that at, her fu- at, at John Bell's funeral, she presented herself, made herself known... And sang a song about, like, sang songs about Brandy. Um, Brandy, you're a fine girl. What a good wife you would be. And everybody's like, I don't don't even know the song yet. This is really catchy. (laughs) But she, she, like, pronounced herself and sang or whatever. And, like, everyone that attended, because it was one of the most attended funerals, everyone that was there said that they heard it. You know what I mean? And, 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 and then she kept singing until the last person left. So it's an interesting mm. thing where it had, like, multiple witnesses. So if yeah. it was a hoax, it's such a fucking... Yeah, and there are theories about off. it being a hoax. But, yeah, like, there was a whole thing with, like, where and, like, it was, like, someone didn't like Joshua. Like, yeah, Betsy's, so, yeah, I, 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 and that I was left that one thing. out. But there was, a, there was a previous 
suitor to to Betsy, who was one of her school teachers, gross, uh, <laughs> who was like who knew her since a kid and was like, I want to, I want to eventually marry you. Just, pedophiles, guys. They're pedophiles. Well, was okay? it, uh, well did, to be fair, that was just a thing that happened yeah. in the 18th. But he so he had tried to ask her to marry him and she had said no, and then she started seeing Joshua. And the thing that's that's a interesting very about this guy Joshua. is he was into the occult. He was a a, a, a talented ventriloquist and all the stuff that would you could kind of see how he could have who could have hoaxed and also it. I, yeah like but the, the reports not only ruined mm. their relationship with Joshua but was like actively like you should you know you know who you should marry is that totally yeah. not creepy school teacher but but like then there's on record where he apparently like gave her his blessing to be with Joshua and like left her alone or whatever so right it's an interesting one but I think also it's spooky that's a good way though, of being like exactly it, it's oh not yeah definitely me, being like then, you know, it couldn't have been me. Um, but yeah, I think it's, but also that's a lot of work to go to when you could probably just in one more year, you, there'll be another 14 year old. You could just try to trick into marrying you. Exactly. You know, every year he's got a whole crop of students. You can just find another one when you're a creepy piece of shit. And it's socially acceptable at the time. All right. The next two legends that follow are fairly short in comparison, but I still thought they were very intriguing. So let's get into them. You know, what's so hard about being a strikingly handsome man, Mason? That sometimes men like us, well, we get into trouble, right? It's true. It's usually caused by our looks. That's true. Sometimes it's not our fault. And hey, other times it is, you know what I mean? But <laughs> around Wallen, Tennessee, they tell a story of a man, much like us, a handsome devil by the name of Tom. Well, now he's known Hello. as Skinned Tom. Hello, I'm uh, Tom. Uh, formerly, I was formerly having skin, Tom, and now I'm skinned, skinned Tom. Tom. It is uh, nice to meet you. Oh my god, you're so hot. You see, Tom had it all. Dashing good looks, a hilarious sense of humor, great fashion sense, and incredible athleticism. Also beautiful skin. <laughs> beautiful skin. Big point. Soft, luxurious Soft. skin. The skin that you would say it would be a shame if someone were to, to cut all that skin off. Yeah. No woman could resist his looks or charm. Every woman in town wanted Tom, and he didn't mind. He loved the ladies. This is much like me. This is what happens to me. So I hard just, for me to go to the store. Constantly, I just can't, oh my god, aren't you the guy from Captain's Log? You're so hot. You're so beautiful. You're so handsome. And I'm like, hey, ladies, come on. I'm just trying to yes, get some bread. Yes, it's me, Jose. And they're like, we need the other one. Oh. Um, I just imagine Tom just being like, mm. you know, they're like, they're like, fucking Tom, and then they cut to him. And he's just like, hello. <laughs> Yes, it's true. My name's Tom. Yeah, the ladies yep. love me. <laughs> I don't know what it is. I'm an accountant. I got a normal size. Oh, no, I don't drink. <laughs> My penis isn't anything to write home about either. It's just there. It's, I don't know. Yeah, no, I'm quite good looking. Yes. Yeah. It's it's just is it it, it cuts to um, Idris Elba when he was on The Office. <laughs> yes. And he's. It's I'm that, aware it's, of the effect that I have on women. Have on women. <laughs> yeah, it's just Tom saying that. <laughs> yeah. But before long, Tom had gone through every available woman in town, so he decided to branch out and try his luck in the neighboring town. Tom's boned his way through a wall. Through another town. Classic. Soon, soon he started seeing a young woman by the name of Eleanor. He felt different about Eleanor compared to the other girls he dated. Maybe it was her long, chestnut-brown hair, her stunning green eyes, or her curvaceous figure. I think I'm in love with my description of, of Eleanor. This is that thing where people say that men always tend to write women a certain way. 
I just, I just proved he that just it's spit. right. Uh, Jose did skip over the entire paragraph <laughs> about her breasts that he Shut wrote. Shut the fuck up. Where he no, was I like, didn't. perky, milky, milky they, breasts. They, they weren't too big, but not too they, small. Perfect C cups. They so, tightened <laughs> with a sense of urgency at the thought of Tom. You know how they like yes. they put weird descriptors yeah, about always, women's yeah. boobs? Yeah. Sometimes they'll go on and they'll be like, she undressed and stared at her nipples. They weren't big, but they weren't small. Sometimes she wished she had other girls' nipples. Like, what the fuck? Shut up. Shut <laughs> yes. the fuck up. Oh, my God. Nipples that, when you stared at them, really spoke about like, shut the up. thoughts of her life. And it's oh like, God. what is that? Are you trying to develop a character through her breasts yeah, and nothing else? Fuck off. Oh, Whatever God. it was, Tom was head over heels for her. There was just one teensy little, little, little problem. Eleanor was married. A fact oh, no. she kept from Tom. But as it often goes with situations like this, word of her affair reached her husband. Unwilling, well, there were the six people in town, so it wasn't <laughs> really hard to figure out. Unwilling to believe his wife's betrayal, but trusting his sources, he decided to lie to his wife and tell her he was going out of town and stake out his home to see if the rumors were true. <laughs> you know, like a sane man. You know, like, yeah. This, uh, take like note, fellas. If you're worried that someone's cheating on you, you should do this. Yeah. Don't, don't just ask talk them. to them. And don't, don't communicate. Don't say, you know what, maybe I failed as a husband. Like, what's the problem here? Like, do we need to sort this out? Stake out your house. Yeah. He hid in the woods behind his home <laughs> and watched as Tom totally pulled Totally normal. Up. And Eleanor jumped in the passenger What year side. is this? This is the 20s. It doesn't oh, okay. say it explicitly, but then I found stuff where it says that it's, it's gotcha, supposed to okay. be the 20s. Well, because I'm going to be honest. Yeah. I was imagining this was like horse and buggy time. That's and what then I thought like, too. And then eventually like, I saw what? a thing where it was like, it takes place in the 20s. And I was like, oh, okay. Ah. So Tom pulled up and Eleanor jumped in his passenger side, kissing Tom passionately before they drove off. Enraged oh. and jealous, her husband followed them. Tom and Eleanor went to dinner at her favorite place and then drove up to a lover's lane. Conveniently, Tom's car was the only one in the secluded area that night. Before long, Tom and Eleanor began to get busy in the back seat, when suddenly the door was ripped open. Oh, it's my husband! <laughs> cried Eleanor. That's right, you dirty tramp, and I'm about to teach you and that pretty boy a lesson you'll never forget. Her husband Hi, shouted. I'm sorry, have we met? My name's Tom. Hi, I'm Tom. Her husband shouted before dragging Eleanor out and taking his sharpest hunting knife and driving it into her stomach before twisting and pulling it out as he threw her to the ground, leaving her for dead. He turned and grinned at Tom. You're next, pretty boy. Tom scrambled to the other side of the car, pleading for his life. Well, I, uh, I swear to you, she never told me she was married. I would never take another man's woman. Please. <laughs> Don't kill me, please. The husband pulled Tom out as Tom screamed. Don't stab me, please. The husband grinned. Stab you? No, you rotten bastard. That would be too good for you. And with that, the husband proceeded to skin Tom alive. Tom's unheard blood-curdling screams echoing through the cold Tennessee night. After Ouch. he had... <laughs> Ow, that really hurts, sir. That's smart. I would appreciate it if you stopped. I'm just imagining Tom as Chris Traeger from uh, Parks and Rec. This, <laughs> this is, is literally the most painful. Excruciating. <laughs> yes. Um, okay, but I just yeah. feel like if I were being skinned alive by somebody, I feel like I could get away because it's, I don't know. It's you know what, not you know an how easy hard that would process, be? right? Like or, fucking hit them or something. And you can't, and it doesn't kill them. Also, it, you know. open the door. Just If you're up against the door, just open the door, fall out, get the fuck out of there. Well, there's so many. I think it got pulled out, but it's just like, 
Like you have to like you're like if you start on the leg. Yeah. If you start on the leg, right? He's showing us his leg for our You have listeners. to grab you'd have to grab his leg with this hand and start like right yeah. here. He's, and I'm just gonna leave. Starting at the, the, the ankle. Yeah, that's the thing. Yeah, and wherever right. it doesn't matter where you start though. You have to have just both hands in you. one. And you, know, you can't hold someone yeah. down and just leisurely. No, you can't skin somebody. No. Right. Yeah. So after he had flayed the last of Tom's skin, the husband climbed in his car and drove to the police station, where he turned himself in. The police rushed to the scene of the crime, finding Eleanor hanging on to life. She would eventually make a recovery and live, but Tom and the knife were nowhere to be found. They say Skin Tom still lives in those woods near Lover's Lane. He carries the very same knife used to flay him and uses it to teach anyone he encounters the lesson he learned that fateful night. So what do you think? Spooky or kooky? Um, it's pretty fun. It's at least a it's a fun origin story to um to uh, to the the thing that walks over the ghost that haunts the woods, you know what I mean? It's at least a twist on like it's not just a there lady was an, in white. I that, didn't include uh, it, but there's like images you know, of what he, could... of what he looks like, and it's pretty cool. Like it's just literally just with you know muscle and blood just walking mm-hmm. around with the knife, and I'm like, that's I bet he cool sounds monster. squishy when he walks. I bet it's like yeah, like yeah, exactly. <laughs> Gross. Yeah. Um, but I it's it could have very easily just been like you know like Eleanor haunts the woods yeah because she got st- you know what i mean so it's nice that they made it a little yeah. different mm-hmm. and i also like how tom was like he was just a dude yeah he didn't know he, he didn't do it on a purpose terrible dude yeah. if he, especially if he didn't know yeah. that she was married yeah anyway yeah that's what happens Chris. to us handsome guys we gotta watch out the next story yeah, comes <laughs> the next story comes out of a town known as white bluff tennessee where legend says you can hear terrifying blood-curdling screams echoing in the night The legend is a short one and varies on who you ask, but the most commonly known one goes as follows. In a hollow in White Bluff, a young family settled in the 1920s. They had seven children and were very happy. They built a home on this beautiful land that they had fallen in love with. But little did they know that this picturesque area would soon turn to a nightmarish existence. Strange things began to happen around the farm, but the worst happened in the middle... it was up to courage to save his new... Oh, what is this? What? It was up to Courage. Courage the Cowardly Dog, yes. Oh, my God, I love that show. Good Strange show. things yeah. began to happen. <laughs> <in> the- <laughs> Remember how you would always talk like that? Yeah. And they would be like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yost is bad. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, good. Strange things began anyway. to happen around the farm, but the worst happened in the middle of the night when the family would be plagued by constant screaming. Every night, their world erupted into ungodly wailing and screeching that would terrify the children <laughs> and unsettle the parents to their core. You gotta say something? Just, I mean, that is really funny. I would, Just, I, I don't want to do the, the character because it's, <laughs> yeah. Just, I'm just, I'm not even imagining like that. Just like, <gasps> like an angry scream. Yeah. Like not even, you know what I mean? Not even Fuck! fear for one. Fuck! Finally, <laughs> legend says, the patriarch had enough of the disturbances and took his gun and ventured into the woods in the middle of the night. He began taunting and yelling at the, the source scream. of the screams. Yeah, I'm going to shoot a, yes. I'm gonna shoot a voice. You scream? You scream in my family? You come out, you meet me. You meet me out here. What's, what, what may, I'll give you something to scream about, you motherfucker. When suddenly he heard it, he grinned as he thought he finally had what he came for. But soon his smile faded as he realized it wasn't one voice, but a chorus of them. 
coming from his home. Oh. 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 That's actually quite beautiful. He's just a single tear just... You can keep screaming all you want. That was... That was very good. Well done. It reminds me of church with my father. He raced through the woods back to his farm, but when he arrived, he found nothing but a nightmare in front of him. There, strewn all over the room, were the remains of his family. He wasn't family. wearing any pants. Oh, this is a different kind of nightmare. <laughs> Close. There, strewn all over the down. room were the remains of his family hacked and torn into a hundred little pieces with body parts One, everywhere. two, three, four, oh god, 98, 99, no, no, one, His family's dream home had now become the site of his nightmare. Little is known about what exactly the white screamer is. Some believe it's a banshee, while others think it's a cryptid. Another version That's a I good read, name for a skinhead band. White Is the white screamer, screamers. Yeah. It's be a, yeah. 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 Another version right. I read said the white screamer was the deformed child of two parents who kept him locked in a basement until he escaped and hacked them to bits before running screaming into the woods. Regardless, Aren't we Mason, all kind of the deformed child of two parents? Yeah... <laughs> He was the child of two parents. Regardless, Mason, spooky or kooky. I mean, it is fun to think of like a little albino, like yeah, deformed kid that just is constantly screaming. Yeah, it's not. It's not, I don't mind it. Yeah, it's pretty. Well, it's all right. With that, it's time to wrap the show up, Mason. If you like the show, make sure to leave ah! a, <laughs> the screamer. If you like the show, make sure to leave a five-star review, which you can do in-app on Apple Podcasts, or as I just recently found out, you can do on Podchaser or Audible. We'd really Yay. appreciate it. Plus, it really helps the show, and we'll read your review on the show, like this one, which comes from Audible from HVAC Guy. I don't, says, like, it. I don't like this guy. <laughs> Best podcast I've ever listened to. Jose's a good storyteller. Mason seems like he has poor taste in music or movies. Thank you, HVAC Guy. I think you're right. I mean, that's fair. I mean, that's a fair criticism from the guy who fucking works as an HVAC guy. <laughs> Good point. I'm an idiot. Do you want? Do you know? Did I tell you what it was that 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 he disagreed with you on? Was your uh, you saying that Halloween wasn't necessary? Wasn't necessary? Yeah. That it was. It was I a kill. That. Yeah. Yes. And ever since he's yeah. been like, damn, yeah. that doesn't sit right with me. Yeah, he doesn't like the fact that I think that Halloween, while being a, <laughs> I love good, a good movie, movie. It, just yeah. isn't quintessential to a yeah. Halloween movie. Yeah, you know what I mean. I just think there's better versions of what Halloween does. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, um, you can support the show by going to <laughs> Patreon.com/slash/CaptainsLogcast and donate a dollar. Anything helps keep the lights on. Another thing you could do to help the show and yourself is go over to T Public and shop our merch. Yes, that's right. We have merch. You can get anything from t-shirts or hoodies, like the one I'm wearing right now, to mugs, like the one I've been drinking out of this whole episode, with our logo on it. Um, so, how, how quality is that merchandise? How quality is it? Yeah. It's great quality. I, this Actually, this hoodie is like, it's it's gilded, the, the clothes, so the, like the most that most merch are used, but 
it's it's pretty soft. The hoodie's like really soft and nice and warm. You can get like a lighter hoodie too, so it's like a thinner one. The mug I was really surprised on because like I don't know. I expected it to be like a cheaper mug, and maybe yeah. I shouldn't say that, but it's sturdy and nice. And I'm cool. a I'm kind of a mug connoisseur. I'm in love with like the classic mug. I hate yeah. mugs that are super thick. And it seems like a lot of them are really thick or like weird, like big shaped. I just love me a classic. I mean, this is pretty classic mug. Mug. I agree. So, yes. Yeah. Um, this next week, February 23rd, 23 through the 27th, we will be having a 35% off sale across our store. So now's the time to, to go grab some merch. Uh, remember if you donate slash support our sponsors, it all goes towards improving the show, getting better recording equipment, etc. Mason, where can the Helping fine us. listeners find you? Um, you fun can fact, find me. HVAC guy does follow you on Twitter. So he was one of the people that went over and added a. Did he start video. following me on Twitter? Yeah. Well, you can find me in elsewhere, Kentucky, dragging people into my corpse basement. <gasps> That's you. It's me. And on Twitter, and Mason Schrader. Well, you can follow me on Can't Instagram and Twitter at j.vaye underscore junior, and the show on Twitter at Captain's Log Pod. We recommend various different materials on there, post show updates, tweet some occasionally funny things, so go check it out. You can also subscribe on YouTube, where you can find me as Jose Valle Jr., Animal Productions, and of course, the show's official YouTube channel, Captain's Log. If you can't get enough of me, you can also listen to my other podcast with friend of the log, Max Benyon. It's called Max and Jose Have Something to Say. We just recently had Mason on, and we talked about things we would tell our younger selves and hilarity ensued, so go listen to that now. It was a really good episode, I thought. Make sure to tell your friends and family about the show if you enjoy it. And if you'd like to share your favorite urban legends that didn't make the cut, or perhaps if you had encounters with any of the legends we discussed, please do so by writing in to captainslogcast at gmail.com. You can also suggest episode topics, guests you'd like to have back, etc. I really would love for people to start reaching out and and if you've even if you haven't had an encounter with the 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 legends that we've talked about, if you've had any sort of spooky encounters, I would encourage you guys to just shoot us a quick email or DM us on Instagram or Twitter, and we'd love to talk about them and, and discuss them and make fun of you. Make sure to subscribe and download on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Play, and any other podcast directory. Thanks to Carlos Rivera for composing the show's theme. And with that, everybody, we have reached the end of our show. We'll see you for another special episode. I've been your Captain Jose Valle Jr., joined by... Uh, First Officer and Ghost Hunter extraordinaire, Mason Trader. And this has been Captain's Log. End of transmission. Pew! Boop!